and welcome to episode five of TV Sessions. And today's a big one. Uh, we're, we're doing The Sopranos. Uh, my name is Gabe, and I'm here with my co-host, Luke. How, how's it going? It's going good. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, Long this, time coming. This is a big one. We, we both had it as our number one show, so we better not disappoint here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to start, as we always do, how we first got into it. Uh, before, before we do that, though, I just want to make it clear. We're both under 25, so like that's important to note. Just because like people who love The Sopranos are probably there's probably a lot of older fans just because of how long ago it came out. Like it came out in '99. I was two years old when it came out. <laughs> I'm sure you were young too when it came out. So like yeah, I, I was just I was just born. I was born in 1999. Exactly, you were born the year it aired. I was born two years before it aired. So like it's just important to say that when like we say that we've only watched the show recently, just based on how young we are. So like it's not like we've been thinking about it for all these years and shit it's important to note that we're younger but yeah you can go into that when did you first get into the sopranos yeah uh i watched it i'm a junior in college now but i watched it my senior year in high school and then i had finished it i had finished the series finale like like right before my freshman year in college started like towards the end of the summer right uh, so did, did, always, you, did you love it on your first watch like because that's pretty I young to watch really that, i'm yeah. impressed like because that's yeah. young mm-hmm. yeah it sucked because like a lot, not a lot of kids my age or like no kids my age that I knew watched it. It's kind of like, uh, it's not a show for like that a typical like 18 year old would watch or yeah. even understand. You have to kind of have like yeah. a, an appreciation for like TV and writing to yeah. like even for grasp me, it at that yeah. age. Yeah, I agree. Like at that time, that's the kind of thing where like the only shows I would watch would be like fast paced shows. So like Sopranos is pretty slow. Like, so like I'm surprised that you would like, you would stick through it at that age and stuff. Um, so have you rewatched it? Yep. Uh, like a month or two after I finished it, uh, my brother had not seen it yet. I watched every episode with him as he watched it for the first time. So, and then on top of uh, rewatching it, I've rewatched countless episodes. There's probably yeah. episodes that I've watched like five times. Yeah, so. it is one of those shows. You don't have to rewatch every episode. You can just throw on a random one. I think I mentioned that in our first episode when we did top 10 shows, how like how easy it is to rewatch. Like just, oh, I want to watch a random episode, season two or season five. And it's just, it's still good. Like, cause they're mm-hmm. so self-contained. That's what's so yep. awesome about it. Yeah, from start to finish, I've seen it twice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, similar to me in terms of start to finish, I've seen it twice, but different. I'm kind of a, a little embarrassed to admit that I, I, the first time I watched it was this year. So I, I'd never seen The Sopranos until the pandemic happened. And like, I, I wanted to get to it. Like, I started to get into TV in university because I was studying film. And like, I started to really watch a lot of shows. And like, I was so into Better Call Saul and all these other shows like Mr. Robot and I was just like, I'll get to The Sopranos one day. Like, and I, I never, just cause it's so long. Like it's like 80 something episodes. And like, it's just kind of like intimidating to start a show that's that long, even though I knew I was going to like it. Um, so mm-hmm. I just kind of put it off for a long time. And then eventually, obviously the pandemic happened. And I was like, if there's ever a time to watch the show, it's when you have all this time on your hands. Cause I lost both my jobs when the pandemic happened. Yep. Yeah. I got to just get into the show. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was just shocked by how much I loved it. Like I loved it so fast. And I was just like, I just knew this was going to be an all time favorite. Um, watched the whole thing in like under two months, it was like, I can't remember when it was like May, June or July, somewhere around there this year. I watched the whole thing in under two months, which is like a pretty good binge. Cause like, it's like 80 episodes. Um, and then I loved it so much that I started rewatching it like almost a few a few weeks after I finished for the first time mm-hmm. which is like pretty like usually when I rewatch a show I take a break like I'm like I'll rewatch that one day and then I take a break but like The yep. Sopranos I just wanted to go right back to the beginning when you because when it ends you're just kind of like 
you miss the good old days kind of thing. You know, yep. it's just like, I want to go back to the good old days. Like, so you just, yeah, I was back like, in season one. Exactly. I was like, I'll just watch one or two episodes at the beginning and see what happens. But it's like, nope, I'm watching the whole thing again. <laughs> it was that good. Yeah. Um, yeah but it's yeah. one of those shows that you start and regardless of how well it starts, you just know that you're watching greatness. You know, like, yeah. this is one of the greatest shows. This is going to be one of the greatest shows I've ever, I ever watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So in order to make this conversation more interesting, it's time to get into spoilers because there's only so many things we can say without getting into the details. So yeah. Spoiler talk. So we're going to do our season rankings. Um, season rankings are going to be a little tougher because there's like seven seasons for this show because we're treating 6A and 6B as two different seasons. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go in depth here. So yeah. Uh, what are your season rankings? Just list your whole list and then I'll do my whole list and then we'll expand. So. Yeah. Uh, a quick note, uh, my season rankings change all the time. The Sopranos is one of those shows that it's really difficult to rank seasons. Uh, I agree. Like there could be a season I have listed towards the bottom and like a week later I'll change my mind and like put it more towards the top. So like, just keep in mind that I love every season, but yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, in order, I have season two at number one, uh, season six B at number two, season three at number three, season five at number four, uh, season four at number five, then season one and season six A. Okay. So I'll just say that my rankings, we have the same bottom two. So I have season one and season six A as the okay. as my least favorite. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, very different rankings. <laughs> okay. So, so I'll just hear it. Yeah. So I'll just do mine. So at one, I have season three. Uh, two, I have season five. Three, I have season two. Then I have season four. Then I have season six B. Mm. Then I have season one. Then I have season six A. So. That's it's gonna. There's so many seasons that people are gonna forget how we ordered those, and I already forget your rankings just because we just kind of. Yeah. There's just so many numbers and shit. So let's just yeah. break it down. We'll just start. We're gonna go season by season and just talk about every season because this show yep. is so good. Yep. Um, let's start with season one first season. season. One. So where did you have season one? You had it at six, right? Yeah, we both had it at six. So let's yeah. talk about um, season one. That's obviously a good season. Let's talk about yeah. why we put it towards the bottom then. Yeah, yeah. So it's my second. I think if you're going quality, it would probably rank higher because it is really consistent. Like I think every episode of season one's great and it's a yep. fantastic introduction. Mm -hmm. It's just when when you turn when you change it from like best to favorite, it's just not a favorite of mine. Like it's it's my second least favorite because like I love getting introduced to the show, but it's not like I don't know. When I look at the whole body of work, the more excited and I get watching the Sopranos, it's just not as much about season one for me. Right. I don't know. That's that's why I have it near the bottom. Part of uh... I felt like season one, okay, in terms of originality, season one's like a work of art. Like, yeah, some, nothing like that had ever aired on television at the time. Season one was like groundbreaking. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like probably like, um, I would say it's probably the most plot driven, right? Yeah. I feel like that arc between uh, Livia and Junior against Tony, that was probably the most yep. plot the show's ever been. So I thought like the plot was incredible. But the reason I put it so low is like, I feel like from like a technical standpoint, uh, the editing was like really choppy and it gave these the episodes like a really weird flow like yeah yeah like it would cut it would transition like the transition between the scenes it'd be like really choppy and like abrupt and you'd like automatically cut to another scene and it just threw off the flow of everything mm -hmm. and you'd probably agree with this season one has the most corny moments out of anything i feel like a lot of the acting yeah. corny a lot of uh the dialogue i don't know about the acting you thought the acting was corny but like these minor characters they the oh, minor, the minor ones yeah I, yeah. <laughs> the guy that killed Chris's friend. Um, you mean Junior's guy, Mikey Palmese? That guy? Mikey. 
I liked him. I thought he was a good character. I don't know. Like, I, maybe maybe he was a yeah. little corny. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I agree I, with you that Chris's friend in the beginning was a little annoying. Like, he was kind of cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, but Chris's friend was Brendan. Anyways, um, yeah, I just felt like there was, like, a lot of corny moments. And, like, the editing. Obviously, it's uh, a result. It, it was still ahead of its time, but in hindsight. Uh, yeah. That's just why it's one of my... Uh, yeah, I can agree to some of that. I guess when you said corny, like, side characters, the one I was actually thinking of was, you know, the, the guy uh, with the music, like, the black guy, that Chris, mm-hmm. like, in Hash, that guy, would, I thought he was a little corny. I don't know. Yep. Didn't seem like a real, like, guy to me. He just felt yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I still love season one. Like, it's, it's hard to bash a season of The Sopranos yeah. because, like, it's so – my favorite part of season one is just how self-contained every episode is. Like, it really feels like each episode is its own movie. Like, because it really focuses on, like, like Christopher. I remember on my rewatch, Christopher is not in, like, the first six or seven episodes very much. Like, he's very minor. And then, like, there's an episode, I forget which one, like, seven or eight, I think. Uh, Tennessee Moltisanti. Yeah, where it's just, it's all about him. Yeah, it's all about him. Like, he has a dream in the beginning. And then it's, like, it's all about him. And then, like. Episode eight, yeah. Yeah, and then certain episodes are just not, like, it's just the way it was so self-contained really impresses me. And we'll talk about certain episodes when we do top 10 episodes. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to, but I agree with you. I guess, yeah, it's a little choppy at points. I think when you say, like, you can say some of it feels dated, especially, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest, of the scene when, like, Tony's hit, like, when the, when the guy goes to shoot him. and he it's hits one of those the cheesy or- moments I'm he talking hits, about. He hits the orange juice. Like, yeah, it's just like, I think, <laughs> At this it's point, like we've, ex- we've experienced so many shows at this point that, like, something like that does feel dated a little bit. It's just, like, kind of corny. Oh, he missed him all those times. Like, <laughs> how did he not hit him? Like, Tony's a pretty right. big target. Like, um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's still a good fucking season. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's a fantastic introduction to the show. Yeah, it is. This, and one, this... one thing I'll add is Livia. Livia's great in season one. Yep. Like, first watch, I hated her. Like, I'm sure everyone hates Tony's mom. Like, she's yep. so annoying. But mm. when I when I rewatch season one, she's a pretty great character. Like, she has so many good lines. And, like, just the way she pisses Tony off, it's pretty iconic. Like, that relationship, like, it's yep. pretty great. Livia and Junior are at their best in season one. That was, like, the peak of their characters, I feel like. Yeah, in terms of how much focus they got, it was the peak. But True, yeah. yeah. There's something I'll say about Junior later on, but, like, yeah, I agree. Yep. They got a lot of focus in season one, um, which was cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we um, can go to season two now, or did you want to say something? Uh, no, I'm... Yeah. I think we covered everything on season one. Yeah. So uh, I think we one. bashed it. I, we, we could have talked about more things we liked, but yeah. well, we had I to mentioned... explain why we t- put it towards the bottom. Yeah, though, so. it is our, it's both of our second least favorite. So yep. it's, it's so hard to keep track. There's so many seasons. This might be really confusing for people to listen to, but if I could praise season show... one for an entire hour, but the fact that. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like we could really <laughs> go on, but yeah. Okay. So season two, where do you have season two? Yep. I have season two at number one because. It's your, it's your favorite season. Wow. See, well, it's hard because I don't really have – it's hard to say I have a favorite season when it comes to The Sopranos, but I decided right. to put it at number one because it's the season where I really realized this is why The Sopranos is the greatest show of all time. It's where, like – I felt like it was such a, like, a nice step up from season one, both from, like, the writing and, like, the editing and cinematography. It, it just, like, mm. really hooked me because that was, like, the only thing missing for me at the time. And then they fleshed out every character so well. Uh, I felt like – the Christopher focused episode D girl. Um, yeah. I remember yeah. really enjoy- He got a, he got a, he got an episode in season one, like we mentioned earlier, but yeah. Episodes like D girl, they really just fleshed out the side characters. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the pussy FBI plot. Yeah. That had really good buildup and it had a really satisfying payoff. 
Yeah. And just, I, I don't know. I just felt like the overall season as a whole, it was like flawless. I felt like um, they balanced the family aspect of the show and the, the mob aspect of the show better than like any other season. I, don't, right. I, can't, I can't say exactly why, but I felt like there was such a good uh, balance between those two halves of the show in season two. Yeah. I just thought it was like pretty flawless. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, have, I, I am a huge fan of season two. It's not my favorite, but I have season two at number three. So it's my, it's my third favorite season. Um, yeah, I agree with one thing that lowers season two for me is obviously it's my third favorite. So I love it. But one thing that doesn't quite make it in the top two is I don't like the first half of season two that much. Like it's okay. Like Janice's introduction is good, but, um, the Richie episode, the the episode where Richie first shows up is good, but the Italy one, I don't really like the one where they go to Italy that much. I don't know. And like they get Furio and the cars and I don't know. I don't really like that episode. Yeah, you like that one? I don't know yeah. why I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of slow and like, like it's good. It's important because they get Furio and like that carries on. But I don't really like, I don't think it was that interesting, to be honest. I thought it could have been better. It's like, yeah. oh, they're going to Italy and like you're excited, but then nothing mm-hmm. really happens. I don't know. Yeah. I just like those little misadventure episodes where they go off and do like, yeah. It's like a change of scenery. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably why I enjoyed it so much. Even yeah. though it doesn't work plot-wise, really. It's kind of like, yeah. a, why is this, why are we doing this? You don't need well, to spend there, this much time. There's one part I like about that episode, though, is uh, Polly. Polly's like, he's so excited to go to Italy. And then, like, it kind of bums him out because he's like, he's just not accustomed to Italy at all. That's so why I like that episode yeah. so much. It says so much about the characters and their culture. It says a lot about, like, Italian-Americans. I remember at the end, Polly's in the car. And he's looking at like really ugly landscapes in New Jersey, like like bridges and all this ugly shit. But he's in the car and he's just smiling. So it's like he's, he's happy glad to, to be back. He's glad to be back in like shitty New Jersey compared to like beautiful Italy. And it just shows that like <laughs> Italian Americans they they think they're gonna be like, oh, my roots are in Italy. Like that's where I'm gonna be most. But it's like no, they're Americans. Like they they feel yep. closer to like yep. New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny, Christopher. <laughs> And then I think Tony was annoyed during that scene. I think he was pissed to be back because yeah, he yeah. appreciates the culture yeah, in Italy. And then Christopher's sitting there just high as a kite. He has no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really – and they showed a, a – it showed a shot of each of their faces to show, like, their different states, yeah, like, yeah. mentally they were in. I thought that yeah. was really well done. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then, yeah, well, the reason I – so I just talked about how I don't like the first half of season two. Mm-hmm. The reason that it's number three for me, it's my third favorite season, is the second half, is outstanding. I think that's one of my favorite stretches of the whole show, is the, oh, second, yeah. the second half of season two. You actually mentioned D-Girl. So D-Girl, yep. D-Girl till the finale, that's one of the best stretches in the what whole show. What about the I one think. before that? The Happy Wanderer, uh, the gambling episode? Season oh, two? the gambling. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That's the guy from The Terminator, right? The actor? I forget yeah, yeah, the actor's yeah. name, but yeah, 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 that's a good one, too. That's true. I, I still think D-Girl's like a step above, sort of, though. So, like, yeah. I, I would consider, like, D-Girl till the finale. That's, like an elite stretch like that's one of the best in the whole show i think every episode's incredible from there yep. on um and okay. d girls actually the episode sorry uh, we're going really in depth on season two we're taking really long no, but no, um no. let's take our time man we went three hours on better call Saul. the sopranos is our number one show we're going fucking five hours I don't okay care. i'm done okay <laughs> so season two episode seven <laughs> it's crazy because people say that that's the worst episode in the show there's a lot of people that really think that. i've D-Girl. heard people i've heard many people say season two episode seven like wow that is the episode where I'm like, this is the best episode. This is the best show that I've ever seen. That was the one I that thought, hooked you, eh? Like, that's the yeah. one where you're like, this is insane. Like, like I'm like, the character interaction, interactions and the dialogue, and like, it's so like believable and like lifelike. I'm like, this is amazing. This is the best show I've ever seen. 
Yeah. And then I remember I rewatched an episode of Breaking Bad after that, after finishing Deco, just to compare. I'm like, Sopranos is a step above. And it was probably recency bias at the time, too. But yeah. I, re- yeah. I rewatched an episode of Breaking Bad. I'm like, Sopranos is way better written. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, the big thing is the, the character stuff. You can just rewatch The Sopranos and get a new interpretation every time because it's so character focused. Whereas the Breaking Bad is just all about what's going to happen, um, even though the characters are fantastic. Okay, so um, that was season two. <laughs> oh yeah, well, one more thing I'll say about season two. We, we haven't talked enough about Richie. Like Richie was so intimidating. Oh. I love that actor. Man, he's like so small. Like he's just a short guy, but he's so intimidating. I loved yeah. him. As a presence, I loved him, if that makes sense. Yeah. One thing we forgot to talk about, um, the actor we were talking about from The Terminator earlier. I thought oh, that yeah. plot was really good. The gambling plot? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works. It's good. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, season three. <laughs> where, where did you have season three? I had season three at number three. At number three. So that's, wow. So that's interesting because I have season three as the best season. That's my favorite. And you had season two as the best season and I had season two at three. So our yep. one and threes oh. are like swapped. That's kind of funny. The, um, the deciding factor here is that season two ended better than season three. That's the deciding factor for me. You're right. Yeah, this is where I would disagree. You're right about episodes. We're, but it's so like, the season two finale is a better episode than the season three finale. I agree. But since we're right. ranking the seasons as a whole, I think season three right. is the best season of the show. Every single episode mm-hmm. is fantastic. Every single one. There's yeah. not one part where the story like drops a little bit. I think every storyline is like flawless. I think it's like the best, it's the peak of like, this is the, yeah. best, gr- this is the best group of characters. This is the best like group of storylines. Like, I could just like go through every storyline in season three and it's all like A plus quality. The That's middle cool. stretch in particular is just yeah. fucking insane. That's why I have season three as the best season. The whole, I just think it's what am I talking perfect. about? The end is incredible too. The last few episodes are great too. Yeah, but I, you have a good point in terms of the finales. The finale of season three is not as good as the finale of season two, but it doesn't matter to me because like the consistency of season three, that's the best season. It's just, in my opinion, like every, like I could just go through the plot lines. Like you have Ralphie and Tony's tension. Like that stuff's incredible. The stuff between yep. Ralphie and Tony. Then you have all the stuff with Carmela. Like, she joins Tony for therapy. Like, her arc's great. And she, like, goes to that Jewish therapist. I'll talk about that when we do scenes. Um, and then you have really good stuff with, um, uh, like, Meadow. I like the stuff with Meadow's, like, black boyfriend. Like, I really mm-hmm. like that storyline. No. Uh, maybe because I'm Jewish, but I like how he calls him Hasidic homeboy. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony has so many good lines when, like, he finds out that Meadow's boyfriend's Jewish and black. Yeah, there's more things I'm forgetting in season three that are great. Oh, yeah. The, for me, the first half is great, too. Like, a lot of, I can make the argument every season, the second half is, like, A+. plus, But it's different because, like, a lot of seasons, they take time to get going. But season three, Livia dies in the second episode. So there's that whole episode of Livia's funeral. I love that episode. And then there's an episode, like, four or Another five. episode that people think is the worst. People think that's the worst one? Livia's yeah, funeral? Yeah, many. Yeah. And it's what incredible because the, the CGI bullshit. Oh, incredible that episode. scene sucks. That's actually the biggest, that's the worst scene in the whole show. Probably is the <laughs> one with Livia's CGI face. Yep. That's true. But um, man, that funeral scene's incredible. I love that episode. And then after that episode, you have the one where Melfi gets raped. That's a really deep episode. Yep. Like that end scene in therapy when she won't tell Tony what happened. Like that's a fan. Like these are all episodes in the first half. Then you have Carmela joining Tony in therapy, which is like one of my favorite story arcs. Um, and then... The, obviously the back half you have pine barons like incredible oh yeah mm-hmm. big reason why i love season three is also i'm not a big fan of like tony's mistresses but my favorite like storyline of like Easily. tony is is him and gloria Easily. that's the best that's the best one in the whole show yep that's the most interesting relationship in terms of like tony's flings like because 
and the chemistry they had, like the acting. Like I thought they had really mm-hmm. good chemistry. I think that's like the best relationship he had other than obviously Carmella. Like it's the most interesting one. And like, yeah. man, the way that pays off and the way it builds, it's, it's so good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, Junior's hilarious in this season. Like Junior just cracks me up, man. He's so yeah. funny. Yeah, he, th- that's where they really start fleshing out Junior a lot. He's like, mm-hmm. it's not really a midlife crisis because the dude's like 70, but he's having like this, he's um, just going through some shit. It's where he's like, he's losing his mind. He's stuck inside all yeah. day. It's that's what it is. There's that stuff where he like tries to go to funerals. That's so funny. He's like, he he wants to get out of the house, so he gets his yeah. lawyer to like that's, let him go to funerals and shit. I think that's season so. five. Are, am I really? getting my seasons mixed up? I thought that was season three. Well, he 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 also did it in season five. You know what? I think you're right. He does do that in season five. Yeah. Maybe you're right. I'm getting Junior mixed up because it does Junior's like storyline of being stuck in his house is like that's like four seasons, isn't it? Like that's a long time. Yeah. Like so the whole it, show. Yeah, it all blurs together, but um. Yeah, I love Junior so much. We'll talk about it when we get to characters. But um, yeah, I think that's enough on three. I made a pretty good argument why season three is my favorite season. Can that's we talk about AJ for a sec? Oh, AJ. Yeah, good point. I feel like it, <laughs> he's just this little shithead, but I like sim- a lot of people hate him. I sympathize with him quite I, a I, bit. I enjoy AJ in the first half of the show. Like the first three seasons when he's younger, I enjoy him. Because like just the way Tony tries to parent him and shit, it's just so entertaining. And like season three is actually a good season for him. That's the one where he has the panic attack in football, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, and, yep. Then, and then he also gets trying ex- to send him to. Yeah, and he also gets expelled, right? Because he does the cheating and shit, and then they want him to go to military school. Yeah, I like all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, fun fact about that scene where um he got expelled. Do you know how they like they're in like the pool and they're like? Yeah, I think I know what you're gonna say, but go. For the it. thing about Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, Lady yeah. Gaga's an extra. That's crazy. Yeah, one of the kid actors is Lady Gaga. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, Lady Gaga is an extra in that scene in the pool anyone who doesn't know check that out it's pretty crazy yep. how young she looks yeah i think a lot of people know that but there's probably still some people out there that yeah yeah that. it's pretty cool though um okay that's enough on season three i fucking love it it's my favorite season yep. okay uh season four where did you have season four i have season four third to last aside from uh season okay. one and season six I... so i have i have season four one spot higher i have it at, at four season four is my yep. fourth favorite um yep. so yeah um I'll just say reasons why I love it. It's going to get hard to, it's so hard to rank these men. But um, I, I love the Pio Mai stuff, the horse and Ralphie and Tony's tension. I liked yep. just Tony and Ralphie's tension is some of the best stuff in the whole show. That's why I like three and four so much. The yep. only reason I have four a little lower is the first half is a little meh. Like the first half, is just, it takes a bit to get going. Um, I also mm-hmm. like Christopher's drug addiction. Like it's kind of the climax of yep. Christopher's drug problem. That's my favorite uh, Christopher season. Yeah, yeah. Four Two and four. I think five, four and five are probably my favorite. Oh, true, five. Yeah, yeah, but Christopher's great in four. Um, and six, what am I talking about? He's yeah, great dude, all the way through. Th- these characters are so good. It's hard to, like, pinpoint why anytime you're trying to argue why something's worse, it's too hard because this show's a masterpiece. But um, <laughs> They're all good in yeah. different ways. There's exactly. Not really, you take a different like, thing out of every season. Yeah. This is why this doesn't, like, the ranking of seasons doesn't really work as much for this. Yeah, show. it's just, it's too good. But it's just kind of... We're just kind of rambling on why certain seasons are good, but we, it's still fun to rank them, even though it's kind of bullshit. We could, they, they would change on every rewatch, to be honest. Like, yep. Although I do feel pretty strongly that season three is my favorite season. But, yep, fair enough. But yeah, four is just great. I, also, the finale of four, Whitecaps, is fantastic. Do you hate, I know a lot of people hate the Carmela Furio stuff. Do you, do you like that? Do you hate I it? liked it. I, I was compelled by it. I thought yeah. it was compelling. I, I, I'd say I, I love it. I don't think it's like, yeah. this is an amazing plot. I thought it was the, good. The one slight thing that kind of bothers me about it is well number one they stretch it out like it's kind of like the whole sh- like it does it's kind of slow like it's the whole season of like yep. furio and carmel but 
the one thing that's slightly annoying, it just, I don't know if I buy the fact that Furio would really fall in love with his boss's wife. It makes yep. sense. It makes sense that Carmelo would fall in love with him, but like, it's a little weird to me that Furio falls in love with her. But at the same time, the actors have really good chemistry. So like, it didn't take me out of the show. Like, it still works. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like a favorite part of season four because some people hate it. They think it like ruins Furio. And I'm just like, eh, it's fine. Like, it's still, I don't know. Because if you go back and watch season two, that's, that's a fair uh, criticism because like, you look at his season two character, but like, this is not a guy that yeah. would do that. Yeah. And, you know, he comes like a softie in season four, kind of like. Yeah, he's a badass in two and three, and then he just like falls in love with Tony's wife. It's just kind of weird. Like, <laughs> but even people like that have, um, even people like that can love other people. So it's it's yeah, fair yeah. enough. I think yeah, I I guess I'd say the the actors and the sexual tension is like well executed. Like yep. I bought I bought that part, but when you take a step back, it feels a little weird and it's a little too long. Like, but it's actually really important because that's part of why White Caps is so good. Like, that's why Carmelo blows up, is because of all that shit with Furio, right? So, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's enough on season four. I just love, the big thing for me is the horse. I love the horse storyline. I don't know why I love that storyline. Like, when they start gambling on the horse and Ralphie and Tony. That's just the yep. best. When that. we go into favorite episodes, I'll probably dive a little deeper into season four. I don't want to say yeah. uh, too yeah. much on season four. Yeah. But yeah. the biggest um, the biggest criticism that I can think of is, uh, I'd say the final stretch of the season, aside from... Uh, white caps was just kind of like meh compared to the other seasons i think episodes 11 and 12 were just okay mm-hmm. um then 13 they knocked it out of the ballpark but yeah 11 yeah. and 12 were definitely uh just okay yeah um fair enough okay we can go to season five where did you have season five i have season five at number four and that was really hard because season five four. i have it wow. at four behind two three and six b okay. and it's really hard because season five is arguably my favorite season still it is okay. Yeah, it's still that in that conversation. How, that shows how good the show is. A season that you have at four is like your favorite. <laughs> like that's it's ar- it's arguably my favorite. Like, yeah. but um, one of the reasons I ranked season five a little lower. Um, that's the most recent season that I've rewatched, and one of the bigger episodes of that season that everyone likes. Um, it didn't do it for me as much on my rewatch or on my third rewatch, um, as much as it did before. But I thought the christopher and tony plot was really good i thought the obviously the adriana fbi plot was incredible that season and i feel like okay i love tony b's character he's a really good um uh aspect of season five but uh at the same time it kind of feels like it's out of nowhere and it's just kind of like yeah you're getting these characters that we've never in the mob half of this season like you're getting characters that you're not really familiar with so as as well executed as the plot is it's just these characters are like, okay, I don't really know this person that well. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I understand. One thing I like about that is that they actually reference what you just said. Like, there's a line where, because, like, I was so excited when Steve Buscemi showed up. Like, my yeah. first watch, I had no clue he was in the show. I knew he directed part of it, but when he showed up, I was so excited. Um, but I agree with you in terms of it is weird that we never heard about him. Like, Tony has this cousin that he cares about so much, and we never heard about him, and then he just shows up in season five they reference the fact that he comes out of nowhere because there's a scene, uh, there's a scene during his, during his party when he first shows up, like they have a big party for Tony B when he comes out of jail. Yeah. I think it's Bobby's kid. Bobby's kid um, says to him, he's like, how come we never heard about you? Like, and it's just, I don't know. I appreciated that. They're just like, they're referencing the fact that he came out of nowhere. Like, Bobby's like how come, yeah. Like how come we don't even know who you are? Like it just, it just makes made me satisfied that like, the, at least they mentioned that he comes out of nowhere. It and shows that they're aware. Yeah. 
I have to say, uh, Tony B's kids, really good kid actors, and I really enjoyed their characters. I thought yeah. it was, there was a lot of uh, like some of the funniest parts of season five they were in. Yeah. I think Jason and Justin, that's their names. Yeah. yeah, those are good kid actors. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, I love Tony B. See, now I want to put yeah. season five higher. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's too hard. It's but, my um, favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I was, yeah, so season five is number two for me. It's my second favorite. Um, once again, I just think the way I, like, because every season's perfect. But <laughs> not perfect, but every yeah, season's so pretty good. Pretty close. The only way for me to rank them is just, like, consistency. Like, what is there a low point where I go, eh? And, like, I don't have that as much for season five. Like, three and five are my favorite seasons because I think every episode is great. Like, I love every episode of season five. Um, and, like, even the first half. I love the first half. Like, uh, the one, two Tonys, like, the premiere. I love that episode. I think it's great. I like the ex- – I also – we haven't even mentioned the exploration of, like, a divorced couple. Like, Tony and Carmela. They're not fully really divorced. Well yeah, they're not fully divorced. But they're separated, separated. though. Yep. Exactly. And, like, I enjoyed that. Like, the way they explore how it affects their kids. Like, the fact that they're separated – the way how it affects their relationship too. One of my favorite endings is there's a scene where um, Meadow calls Carmela to say like she got married or like she got engaged and Carmela yep. starts crying and she sees Tony in the pool. Yep. And like, I thought that was a beautiful ending. Cause it's like, she, she's remembering how, like how much her relationship with Tony has changed. Like, cause Meadow's having her first love or whatever. And like, I just really like that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there's just obviously the Adriana stuff's incredible um the stuff with tony b i really love i i I know some people say it's yeah like i don't know i I love the tony b arc i really do and like the way it wraps up like tony having to kill his cousin great stuff phil leotardo's good i enjoy phil in the season obviously he gets a bigger role in season six but i like phil in season five um yeah it's just good shit uh we'll get we'll get more specifics when we do episodes but yeah um another aspect that i love season five sopranos is about people that cannot change who they are Mm -hmm. in season five i feel like really like emphasizes that and it shows in i think it's season five episode 10 i don't know if it's cold cuts or maybe it's the episode after uh mm. where janice she's trying to change she's mm. trying to um solve her anger management issues and tony sees that he's like wait has she actually changed mm-hmm. and his resentment just comes out mm-hmm. he's like well i'm incapable of change and this really pisses me off that she's able to change but she's bluffing so i'm gonna call her out on it yeah i, I just thought that really um said a lot about tony's character i really enjoyed that moment yeah no i agree that's a good point um it's probably one of my favorite ending scenes of an episode too yeah that's when he yeah he goes like sacre bleu me mama (laughs) where's me mama (laughs) yeah yeah that's one of the worst things he does (laughs) like yeah because he does it just like it's just so petty like it's just like oh janice is making progress and i'm not fuck her so he tries to piss her off and then leaves yeah it's pretty fun Mm -hmm. um yeah we'll do more of that when we go into episodes yeah, yep. so six six A, we're on agreement, right? Six A is your least favorite, right? Six A is the weakest, yeah. and it, it's crazy because out of all the seasons here, I think six A has easily the strongest start. Like the first three episodes, maybe I think it's like something like three first three episodes, easily the strongest start of a season. Yeah, uh, the arc with him in the hospital, right when he gets shot. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's a really. I don't know if that's the best start to a season. I'd probably argue three is better, but it's it's up there. Like it's. I agree that it's six a is weird because the first half is better than the second half (laughs) which is like i don't think any other season is structured like that in my opinion obviously some people might love the second half of six a but for me the the only reason six a is the worst it's the only season for me where there's particular storylines that i'm just bored like i don't Mm -hmm. care about Vito. i don't know why like I, i just i think the way they explore how the mob handles someone being gay is interesting like the way that like 
Pauly and a bunch of the yep. old school guys, they want him murdered right away. And Tony's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He makes money. He makes money for us. He's got a wife and kids. I don't know. Like that is interesting. But the fact that they give him like four, five, six episodes in like New Hampshire, it's just boring. Like I don't like that plot of Vito. You know, I, yeah. I think a lot of people would agree. I hear that a lot that people don't like it. It didn't become crucial enough to the overall story. Yeah. It's like, this is good, but we don't, it's not necessarily yeah. necessary. Yeah. I think what it is is, the Sopranos usually does a good job where they have like a supporting character and then they slowly give them more to do. Like, I think it worked perfectly with like Bobby, like Bobby was really minor and then they give Bobby more and more to do with Vito. It just didn't work as well. Like he was supporting for a long time. He was just kind of a, like one of those guys you see in every scene now and then. And then they're just like, Oh, he's important now. Cause he's gay. And it's just, I don't know. It felt kind of weird that they just focus on him for like five episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's kind of boring. Like it's not bad, I guess, but it's just, I don't know. Not my yep. favorite storyline. Yep. It, yeah, it definitely fizzles out towards the end. Um, yeah, just not compared to other seasons, though. Like, it's just, like, a very uh, underwhelming finale of season yeah. six. is pretty underwhelming. I think it's just, like, that whole second half, you're expecting it to build to something big, and it just doesn't. <laughs> That's why it's my least favorite. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, even, I don't even remember the 6A finale. Like, what happens? Like, I don't even remember. Uh, so, I think someone's in the – Tony's in the hospital. He's not in the hospital, but he's visiting someone in the hospital. Is it Johnny that he's I visiting? Can't. I legitimately don't remember the end of 6A. Yeah. Um, another good thing about 6A, um, I mentioned with season five that Tony's like incapable of change mm-hmm. and they like really show that. Um, in 6A, they, they show that a lot too because like when he gets out of the hospital, he becomes like really religious. He's like, I'm going to change. Or I don't remember yeah. exactly what, I know he, what said. he says. He says, this is what he says. He says, every day is a gift. That's Every day says. is a gift. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> But why's it gotta be a pair of socks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another scene. That's another yeah. scene. Uh, yeah, so he comes out like with this new perspective and this new mindset, and then that changes by the end of the season. Like this dude yeah. can't change. I don't yeah. remember what he does, but I just, I just remember he goes right back to being his old regular self. Yeah. Well, like he just has a few episodes of like like every day is a gift. I'm out because I cause he survived that gunshot and then yeah, you're right. He's just back to being a mob boss. But um I just yeah I just realized just because you said um uh you said that thing about a, it's a pair of socks or whatever that reminds me like we haven't talked we've been talking for seasons for like a long time we haven't mentioned the therapy like that's honestly my favorite part of the show like that's get brought up yeah I just want to mention like how I think that's why Sopranos work so well is that we talked a bit about this with Breaking Bad where how it appeals to a casual audience but there's a deeper side to it so mm-hmm. like I think it's similar with the Sopranos because like there's people who don't think deeply about TV that I would still recommend. I'd still recommend The Sopranos because it's still very entertaining and enjoyable. Like you yep. can still you can just enjoy the mob stuff. You can enjoy Tony and like all the shit they have to do, how high the stakes are and stuff like that. But there's a deeper side to it, obviously. Like so that's why it's so good. It's like it has like psychiatry, obviously, and like art house storytelling or like whatever. Like whereas there's also like just whacking and murdering and crude humor. So like it's just such a good balance. Like because my favorite part of the whole show is the therapy. And I know some people who hate the therapy. Like they go, oh, fuck the therapy scenes. There's too many. And like, I'm, I, I think honestly that Tony and Dr. Melfi in that therapy room is like, that's some of the best TV of all time. Like I could watch James Gandolfini just as Tony, just talking to Dr. Melfi. I could watch that for days. Like it's just, it's my favorite part of the show. Every single time there's a therapy scene, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I want to hear what's going on. Like that's the part where you get to go into the psyche. And like, that's the best part of the show in my opinion. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of a random time to bring that up when we're talking about 6A, but I just thought like, we haven't talked enough about the therapy. I love the therapy and I'm sure that'll come up when we talk episodes, but, yep. um, 
And then, yeah, so that's, oh yeah, 6B is the last one. So I think this is a big difference. Where do you have 6B? I have 6B at number two. Yeah, that's a big difference. I have 6B at number five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you, you like 6B a and lot, eh? I kind of understand why you put it so low. I'm going to guess why you put it so low. Is it because I feel like the feel of the show was way different than it was back when it was really good. You're right. It's the tone. The tone is too dark. It's just too dark for me. Like, I, I still think it's great. Like, obviously, I love The Sopranos. I think yeah. the way they end the show is perfect. But I, as a season, it's just so dark. There's just not enough lighthearted moments. And my favorite part of The Sopranos is the balance. Like, they have balance. such a good balance. And it's just so dark in 6B. There's also things I don't like about 6B. Like, I don't like, um, there's that episode where Tony gambles. Like, he's gambling and he keeps losing. I don't like that episode. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, in my opinion, like, they never really brought that up. That, like, Tony has a gambling problem. And then mm -hmm. he just suddenly has a gambling problem for an entire episode. It's just kind of well, weird. Is that uh, after Christopher dies? Um, no, that's before Christopher dies. It's before. I'm pretty sure it's before. And that's another thing I don't like. I don't like Christopher's death. Do you like Christopher's death? It's underwhelming. Christopher's yeah. death is my least favorite aspect of season I was about two. to say that. That's another reason I don't have 6B highs. I don't like Christopher's death. It just comes out of nowhere. It's just it, an episode. It's at the beginning of the episode. They're just driving. And then just like, yeah. what? Like, that's such a big moment of the show. Christopher's crucial. And that's why just like, he just dies. It's like, huh? Like, I don't like that. Like, that's kind of at the same time. That's kind of why I like David Chase. He doesn't give a shit. Like, you're dude, right. You're right. It's, it's a, you know, David Chase is like, I'm going to make this as lifelike as possible. I'm not going to like make it the ending yeah. of like right. this big episode towards the end of the season. I'm just going to like, Christopher's yeah. going to die right here. But at the yeah. same time as an experience, it's really underwhelming. Yeah. And I still can't agree. I can't agree with how they did it, but at the same time, I respect it. Yeah. That's, that's why I have six B a little lower. Like it's, yeah, I have it ahead of season one and season six A because there's a couple episodes that are fantastic and the ending is outstanding but and yeah. i i just like i do like the big war that happens it's like they're going to war like it's pretty mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome but yeah there's just the gambling thing christopher's death there's big moments i don't like and it's just too dark the whole way through yep. so i just don't prefer it like my favorite stretch of the sopranos the best part like the golden standard of television for me is seasons two to five like two three four and five that middle yep. section is my favorite of the sopranos yep yeah, I'll go into why I put 6B so high. And like I said, this changes all the time. I've had times where I'm like, yeah, 6B, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really digging this too much. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like it's by far the most philosophical season of the show. Mm -hmm. I'm, sure you would, I'm sure you'd agree. Like, they get really bleak with it. They get really like, uh, philosophical with it. Yep, yep. There's moments in it that I love, but yeah. yeah. But I feel like every episode is just like, even though like, it might not be as cohesive as I wanted to. Every episode is like a movie, kind of like mm -hmm. they they go really all out with every episode. Mm -hmm. So I think Six B has the biggest episodes. Maybe it just doesn't flow as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Kennedy and Heidi, even though um, even though that's Christopher, even though Christopher dies that episode, and I don't like his death, I still thought that was a really good episode. Um, yeah, doesn't how, he go? He goes to Vegas or something after. Tony, yeah, Tony yeah. goes to Vegas. I really like showing how. Uh, the, how they show how he reacts to it and how he like processes his death kind of yeah 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 i don't know <laughs> it's one of those things where i think you're right if i rewatch 6b it might go higher but for me right now i just got to stick to my guns and say seasons two to five is the best <laughs> like that's the best part of the show i still yeah. like 6b a lot mm -hmm. but it's for me it's my favorite part of the show mm -hmm. is seasons two to five so there's just something about it yep. still ends really well it still ends really well but i just don't think it's mm -hmm. the peak of the show 
the way some people talk about how it's like the best it's just not really for me but yeah i've heard people say like oh, yeah I've, I've heard people like praise uh 6b is by far the best i don't think there's any season that's like by far the best but uh. yeah yeah um i think that's enough season talk so now that before we go into episodes we should just give a recap so here's the order of my seasons um two six b three five four one six a okay that's pretty solid and my rankings are three five two four six b one six a it's crazy because like your list even like even though our lists are completely different your list could just as easily be my list yeah yeah. on a given day on a certain Mm -hmm. given day yeah i think i think if i rewatch seasons two four six b they they could easily surpass season five for me <laughs> the only thing i feel very strongly about is season three at number one i really feel strongly that season three is my favorite obviously people can disagree but whereas the rest of my rankings i agree with you i, I could change them on any day <laughs> um, that's probably our longest seasons discussion yet but the sopranos mm-hmm. deserved it just because how season every season is fucking great um, yep time to do episodes though so top 10 episodes this will probably be long as hell too but who cares mm-hmm. um so yeah uh what are your honorable mentions? I'm assuming you have honorable mentions. Yeah, so I have quite a few honorable mentions. So Irregular Around the Margins, Season 5, Episode 5. Um, right. It's the Aiden Tony episode. Yeah. Uh, Tony almost kills Chris. That was a really compelling episode. Um, I, don't, I don't even have that, honestly. That's what, really? that's, I think it's one of the more overrated episodes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's good. The acting is incredible when Tony almost kills Chris, but like, I just don't buy that Aid would want to sleep with Tony. It just makes no sense to me. I don't know. That's fair. It takes me out of it. Like the fact that Aid would actually be interested in him as like a romantic person. Like I, it just doesn't work for me. I, I was able. Yeah, I can understand that. I was able to buy it. So it didn't affect uh, my viewing experience. Yeah. Too much. I thought fair it was enough. really entertaining. Uh, yeah, pe- people love that episode. I'm in the minority. But yeah. Yep. Yep. So another one is long-term parking. I think that's the one that would shock a lot of people. Everyone yeah. has that. It's flashbacks to the wire not being in your top ten. You don't have long term. <laughs> you don't have long term parking in your top ten episodes. I That's don't have long term parking. I don't. I actually. I thought I was gonna surprise people because I have it lower, but it's still in my top ten. <laughs> yep. You don't even have it in your top ten. I have it as an honorable mention. Um, I love character focused episodes. Episodes. This is a plot driven episode. That's, that's probably that's the biggest reason it misses the top ten because there's like ten other episodes that I feel like I just enjoy more. That's fair. Yeah. Season three, episode two. I don't know how to pronounce this. Proshai Lavushka. Yeah, that's the one with Livia's funeral, right? Yep, that's yeah. an honorable mention that came really close to my top ten. Uh, Kennedy and Heidi, even though Christopher's death is underwhelming, I thought the episode as a whole was like really well executed. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, the Second Coming, that's another episode from season 6B. Uh, AJ's suicide episode, or mm-hmm. a suicide attempt. Uh, I thought that was like a really like one of the most emotionally impactful uh, moments yeah. of the show. And then another 6B episode, uh, The Blue Comet. I feel like some people enjoyed this episode a lot more than I do. I thought like... Uh, I don't even... I don't have it at all. <laughs> the Blue Comet. I don't like I, The Blue Comet that much either. <laughs> yeah. I thought like... The scene that sticks out is the ending of Blue Comet. It sets up the series finale so well. Yeah, that's true. Dan scene's great. When he's, he has a gun and he's in bed. Yep. Yeah, that's a good And scene. I feel like the stakes are higher than ever in The Blue Comet. Like when yeah. like... I think that's why people love it. It's because it's when shit goes down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tony's me, toned AJ to pack a bag. It's like sort of like Ozymandias kind of almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get what you mean because um, like I don't even have it in my honorable mentions or my top 10. Um, and it kind of backs up why I had 6B a little lower. Like I do have yep. 6B lower. Um, yep. I don't like, I think it's kind of dumb to be honest that Bobby is buying 
he's like at a train store like the mob is at war like is tony that dumb like shouldn't tony tell all of his guys to like hide like they're at war it wasn't until after that bobby got not only is he buying trains he literally left his cell phone in the car like like i guess i mean you could argue just it's it makes sense because bobby is dumb but at the same time like it just pisses me off like as much as I, i i enjoy his death scene like it makes sense that like he gets like the way it's done is cool but like I don't know. It just kind of pisses me off like that. Bobby's that like, what are you doing? You're literally just buying trains in the middle of the day, chilling and you're fucking your whole mall family's <laughs> at war right now. What are you doing? See, I haven't rewatched that episode in forever. So I didn't realize that he left his phone in the car for one. Yeah, and I did, just, also didn't realize that um, they knew they were in, they knew they were in danger. Right. Oh Bobby. yeah. Like that, at that point they're at war. Like they're literally like, they know Phil is after them and they're after Phil's guys. Like it's all a war. Like, and like, see, see this is how doing? another rewatch could like completely change my episode rankings and stuff like that. So like, keep that in mind as we're going through this. Yeah. Well, people love that episode. So I'm probably, I don't know. Like I might yeah. be in the minority, but I just, <laughs> I think it's good. Like I don't hate it, but like it's not a top 10 episode or an honorable mention. It's not even close. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but I have it as honorable mention. So um, yeah. that was all your honorable. No, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do mine. Um, this is like Better Call Saul. I'm fanboying and going overboard, and it's kind of stupid. But I don't care. I love the show too much, and this this podcast is for us. So if people think we're going too long, I'm sorry. We we love the show too much. So I have ten. <laughs> I have ten honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, pretty, that's fine. It's, it's pretty much a top twenty, I guess. But <laughs> I I'm just not. I'm not actually putting them in order. It's just these are my honorable mentions. Um. Yeah, I kind of cheated. So, like, but you'll see why I cheated. But I have a shit ton of honorable mentions. I'll just go through them. So, I have the season one finale. I dream of Jeannie Kusumano. That's an honorable mention for me. I love the season one finale. I was absolutely hooked. That end scene's great. They're at dinner, and he's like, to, he does the toast, like, to the little moments that are good. Like, that, that just it really hits me hard. I love the season one finale. And also the scene when he confronts Livia in the hospital, and he's like, I know it was you. Fucking great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Second honorable mention, D-Girl, season two, episode seven. You, you talked about D-Girl, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, what makes D-Girl so great is the ending. I absolutely love the ending of that episode. Um, it's You have Pussy in the bathroom crying at mm-hmm. AJ's confirmation. And then you have Tony giving an ultimatum to Chris. He's like, either you're with me or you're not with me. You have 10 minutes. And then Chris goes outside and he starts thinking. And I think it's, a, it's one of the best endings in the whole show, in my opinion. Because like, it really juxtaposes two it's showing you two mob guys at different stages like this is pussy who's like been in the mob for a long ass time he's fucked like he's caught between the fbi and tony he doesn't know what to do and it's chris at the beginning and like do i commit to this mob life or not and it's perfect like just in the song it's just such a good ending to yep. i love that ending sorry about this but that's my number 11 and i forgot to list it as an honorable mention because i forgot it wasn't in my top 10 so oh, okay. i just but yeah, yeah that's my number 11 Okay, so that, that's your Sorry highest that. honorable mention, even though you yep. forgot to mention it. Okay, yep. no worries. Yep. Um, and then on, next, <laughs> I'm going to be doing this forever. Uh, yeah, I have Prashai Labushka as an honorable mention. That was your honorable mention, right? Didn't you have that? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Olivia's funeral. I love Chris when he's just high as fuck and he goes on that rant. He's like, <laughs> talk, I can't remember the specifics, but he just rambles on and it's so funny. Um, Christopher's great in that one. And then Carmela's speech is great too, when she's yep. like, she just like tells it how it is. Like no one fucking liked Livia. <laughs> like what is this bullshit? Really um, good part of that was when the guy started coming down the stairs and then he saw what was happening and he just walked right back up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, and then next honorable mention. This one was probably my number 11. Like this was really hard to leave off. I have um, whoever did this season four, episode nine. 
that's that's an honorable mention for me. This is the one Ralphie and Tony, the big climax where Tony kills Ralphie in that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And Ra- Ralphie's like, it was a fucking horse. And they just yep. start fighting. I, and then no, the way, I did not. Yeah. And then the way Chris and Tony have to get rid of the body. That's a fantastic episode. I really wanted to put that in my top 10. So that's probably my number 11. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is The Strong Silent Type, season four, episode 10. Uh, that's oh. an honorable oh, mention. Oh, yeah. I, yep. I, I just love it's like the climax of Christopher's addiction. There's a really funny scene where, where he, he kills their dog. <laughs> it's, it's like, he's just high as fuck. And he's like, she crawled under there for warps. <laughs> like, um, and also he was so he, serious. He tried to sell, yeah. he tried to play it off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, last couple honorable mentions. Uh, I have the test dream as an honorable mention season five, episode 11. I just, mm-hmm. I enjoy, I know like 30 minutes is just a dream, but I, I just love it. I don't know. Like some people hate the dream stuff. I, I think it's really ballsy. Like it's one of those moments where David Chase is like, fuck you guys. I just want to do 30 minutes of dreams. Cause he knows yep. people hated the dreams and I, I enjoy <laughs> all the dreams. I think they're great. Like they're so interesting. Uh, especially the one I love the one where he's on the horse and he's inside and Carmela's just like, why are you on this horse? And he's like, like, I, I don't know why I love that scene. I just love that. And then also the gym teacher. That's a great dream too. I just love the test stream. I know a lot of people hate that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season five finale, all due respect. That's an honorable mention for that's me. Good one. That, that's when uh, my favorite part of that episode is Tony's monologue to Syl when he goes, you got no fucking idea what it means to be number one. Like that's that monologue is fucking great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, last two honorable mentions. So I kind of cheated on one of my honorable mentions because <laughs> I said, I said the season 6A hospital arc. So that's like three episodes. The first three episodes of season 6A is an honorable mention for me, even though that's three. You mentioned right. that actually, how good the start is. I love yep. that hospital arc. And man, Edie Falco's acting is incredible. Like that incredible. scene where she, yeah, she plays the music for him. So good. And just like, it felt so real. Like that's what it's like to be in the ICU for like days and days and days. Like I, I love that arc. It's great. Yep. And then uh, this might be a bit of a shocker, but. <laughs> I have the series finale as an honorable mention. So Made in America did not make my top 10, even though I really like the series finale. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an honorable mention for me. So that's like what, like nine or 10 honorable mentions. Yep. I have two honorable mentions uh, to add real quick. I won't go in depth on them or anything, but yeah, I forgot to yeah, add them. You forgot um, to add them. Yeah. Yep. Employee of the month, season three, episode four. That's the episode that Malfi gets raped. And yep. I really enjoyed um, uh, how she like internalized that all and how she processed that, like the yep. little dream sequence she had. Yep. like to- the dog representing tony um, machine, and then yeah, yeah it's good. the other one was university season three episode six that's the episode where meadow and uh noah broke up and it's also um the hasita homeboy. yeah yeah yep. <laughs> i just <Yep>. love that <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then oh yeah uh ralphie kills tracy and i thought that yeah. those are like one of the most like dramatic moments of the show yeah sure. no i i don't have that episode so i just yeah i love the way i agree i like the way that they they kind of like compare meadow to tracy that's really interesting because like they're around the same age and like tracy brutal mm-hmm. brutal life and tony kind of sympathizes with her just because of how young she is and yep. then you have meadow breaking up with her boyfriend yeah it's pretty. Cool. i love episodes like that where like we really see the humanity in tony's mm-hmm. character no, he's an evil bastard. He's the lesser of the two evils between him and Ralphie. So. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the big reason why. Yeah. Okay, so that's a shit ton right. of honorable mentions. Holy yep. shit. We, pro- oh, we probably we probably just mentioned like twenty episodes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that didn't make our top ten. So this is fanboy central right here, but I don't care. Um, okay, what's your number ten? So at number ten, this was one of your honorable honorable mentions. I have whoever did this season yeah. four episode nine. That was um, my number eleven. Yeah, so hard to not put that in. And what really stands out for this episode is 
the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, this feels like the most Breaking Bad episode yet. Yeah. Tony and Christopher are just, it was just like watching, because when I was watching The Sopranos, I knew Breaking Bad was inspired by The Sopranos. So I'm like, I was always looking for like things like, parallels. oh, what inspired, yeah, parallels, what inspired Breaking Bad. Especially especially because of the bathtub. I remember when they're in the bathtub, yep. I was like, that's literally how they start Breaking Bad. They have to get rid of a body in a bathtub. Like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and a uh, fun fact, um, Vince Gilligan, he was really inspired by, when he was writing Walter and Jesse's characters, he was really inspired by this episode. So That makes sense, yeah. I, th- I thought that was really cool. There's a lot of parallels with Jesse and Christopher, like the fa- their drug problems and all that stuff. Like, it's, you can see how he got influenced. Like, yeah. Yep. Also, um, the fight scene between Tony and Ralphie was absolutely amazing. It was just brutal. That's how yeah. you film a fight scene. Yeah, and then, obviously, incredible. One of the funniest scenes of the show was Christopher's I did didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> I did didn't. <laughs> I did didn't. Yeah. yeah. So true. One of the best. And he knew he fucked up as soon as he said that. He's like, shit, he knows. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, great. And then also the tractor. I like that part too. When they're on the tractor and like Tony's like, yo, I know how to ride a tr- drive a tractor. Fuck yeah. Because his it's dad's not- construction company. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great episode. He does it with ease. Christopher's way too high to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's just um, an, an insanely fun episode. That's my number yeah. 10. Yeah, really hard for me to leave that off. That's a good pick. Uh, so my yep. number 10 is The Knight in White Satin Armor. Uh, that's <laughs> season two, episode 12. Um, I almost said Satan, but yeah, no, it's Satin Armor. Oh. Um, <laughs> so the biggest moment of this one is obviously Janice killing Richie. I, I really love that twist. I think it's great the way they build up the whole season. It's like, it's building. It's like, Tony versus Richie. There's going to be a showdown. Tony versus Richie. Tony versus Richie. And then they literally put a hit out on Richie. And then the next scene, Janice just kills him. Like, I just love that twist. That's like yep. Janice gets rid of Richie, like for Tony. Like, she doesn't do it for him. Obviously, he punched her in the face, but. But it works it, out. It, it works, works out, out so well. Yeah, it's just a great twist that I love. Um, another thing that I love about this episode, uh, I like the Carmella and Irina stuff. So there's, in this episode, Irina commits suicide. Or sorry, she. she she tries to commit suicide and she takes a bunch of pills and then Tony goes to her and then like feels bad. And then he comes back. One of my favorite Carmela lines is uh, Tony goes up to her and he's like, yeah, like she almost committed suicide. And then like Carmela's like, you're putting me in a position where I feel bad for, for a whore who fucks you. Like, it's just such a good line. And then it leads to the ending scene. One of my favorite ending scenes. I love so many, like Sopranos has so many good endings. I don't know. Oh, if yeah. Like, like the ending scenes are so good so this is one of my favorites is um so tony comes back after they they got rid of richie's body so they're on the couch back. right yeah they're on the couch carmela's yep. wearing red yeah and then tony goes uh richie's gone and then carmela's like what like he's gone and then tony's just like don't make me an ex- don't let me make you an accessory after the fact like after yep. 18 years of marriage and then carmela just realizes she's like oh shit and then my favorite part is Carmela's line is such a mic drop. She's like, uh, she tells him she's going to Europe with Rosalie April. Like she's good, like her friend Ro, she's going mm-hmm. to Europe. And then she's like, um, and Tony, you're going to have to like drive AJ around. You're going to have to take care of the kids. And she's like, if you don't, don't chase. Yeah. And she's like, if you don't give this to me, I might just have to commit suicide. It's just the most perfect line. Like oh. it's, it's after the Russian whore committed suicide, like, oh, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I yep. love that. Carmella mic drop line. It's just great. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, the biggest thing is Janice Killing Richie. That's a great episode. It's number 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's in my top 20. So, yeah, what do you have at nine? So, at number nine, I have the Soprano Home Movies. Uh, it's the first episode of 6B. 
just a yeah. fucking it's yeah. just like one of those like episodes where the character interactions are just like see i love yeah. character uh interaction episodes and this is yeah. really one of them it's not really a whole lot of plot uh yeah. besides that it's, it's the first episode of 6b right yep yeah 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 yeah, aside from Bobby killing uh, that one guy, there's not really like too much like plot heavy stuff, really. Um, okay. I don't. I don't really have like too much to say about it. Obviously, uh, Tony and Bobby's fight was incredible. Um, you don't. You don't. Have it's to just. Say too, you don't. Have yeah, to say I don't too have much because that might be showing up for me. Okay. <laughs> I All right. Keep cool. Spoiling that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe I'll good. talk more about it when we get to yeah. uh, your yeah. the, uh, the rest of your list. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so that's your number yep. nine. Yep. Yeah. So my number nine. Um. I have a season two, episode nine, from where to eternity. Um, mm, so yep. that, this is the one where Chris and written by, written yeah. by Michael Imperioli, right? Yeah. First, first episode written by Michael Imperioli. So the actor who plays Christopher wrote this episode. Um, and it's all about Chris. It's not all about Chris, but there's, he's in the hospital. It's all about. There's he's the main focus, right? He, he, he is the main focus. Cause it's all about grieving him in the hospital. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He survives. There's a really, really good montage in this episode where I forget the song, but it's a really good song. And it's like, Chris goes into like cardiac arrest and you think he might die. I remember and Adriana's like crying. Adriana cries and Paulie's like hugging her. I, I honestly thought this is why gonna, I love season two, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost thought Chris was going to die when I first watched that. I was like, dude, they're going to take him out. Like, whoa. But like, obviously uh, they don't. I also really minor part that I like is uh, the three o'clock thing. Paulie's like scared of the three o'clock thing. I love that. And then he yep. goes to the psychic and he's like, fucking queers. And he throws the chair. <laughs> I, I just love that. <laughs> it's a good minor plot. Um, and then the, the number, the, the number one reason I have this in my top 10, my favorite part of this episode is actually, I talked about earlier how much I love the therapy stuff. So this is tied for my favorite therapy scene in the whole show. I'll talk about the other one later, but it's the one where Tony has a monologue where he talks about, it's pretty much, the thesis on like it's his justification on why mob guys are more why you can sympathize with them in a way yep. because he says we're soldiers he mm-hmm. talks about how soldiers don't kill soldiers kill other sh- other soldiers we don't kill innocent people and he goes on this long rant where why he doesn't think he's gonna go to hell and why christopher won't go to hell and if i, I encourage anyone who's a sopranos fan to rewatch that monologue i think it's incredible it's one of my favorite it's one of those moments where i'm just watching it and i'm like holy fuck, I love watching this guy. Like Tony Sopranos, just the way he, his monologue, when he talks about how we're soldiers and it's like the evil fucks who deserve to die, like the Hitlers and shit like that. Yep. Like they deserve hell. And he talks about how, why Italian immigrants, why they uh, vacate towards the mob, like the way they want to preserve their family and tradition and order. Uh, whereas like in the US, they were kind of just using immigrants for their own gain, like for capitalism and shit. And like, mm-hmm. it's just the way he justifies why the mob has a place in American society is just it's perfect. I love that monologue. Yep. It's one of those times where I'm just like, holy fuck, this guy is so good. Yep. Like, I just, I just love that monologue. And the way Melfi challenges him is good too. It's just great mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I have where to eternity at number nine. Yeah. That's a really great pick. Yeah. Really good reasoning too, for why you have it there. So at number eight, I have College, season one, episode five. This is obviously a fan favorite. I know a lot of yeah. people think this is the best episode in the entire show or the yeah. most important. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is just like one of those, like, I'm pretty sure it's the first standalone episode, this yeah. first self-contained episode. Very, very self-contained, yeah. And um, I had really high expectations going into this episode the first time I watched it because I know everyone's like, oh, College is the best episode. Oh, so, you heard about it, eh? Yeah, I heard about that it before sucks. I saw it. Yeah. So I was a little underwhelmed at first, but on rewatch, I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. 
That really I, sucks that you heard about that. I hate when that happens to me. When you know what episodes people hype up, that, that mm-hmm. always ruins it for me. That sucks. Yep. That's what really like. I think that's probably why I have it higher than you, but yeah. Yeah. But on rewatch, it's so good. I love, I, m- I remember you mentioned earlier the sexual tension between uh, Furio and Carmela. But yeah. it's done even better between yeah. Father Phil and Carmela. Yeah, and it's yeah. so well done. I love their dynamic. And yeah. like, and obviously Meadow and Tony, they're great this episode. I really love their relationship. Yeah. And what, what makes us a fan favorite, David Chase, as we know, we've seen all six seasons. This dude is really bold when it comes to storytelling. Mm. He doesn't give a shit. And this is one of those first, this is like the first episode where we, we really see that boldness. He doesn't give a shit. He, ter- he makes this guy really lovable for the first four episodes. And then he just murders this guy in cold blood. Mm. That's true. like, yep. Yeah. So I think, I think college just really stands out to me. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's your number eight? Yep. Okay, so my number eight is uh, Marco Polo, season five, episode eight. Mm-hmm. That's my number eight. Um, well, it's similar to why you said you had college as the self-contained episodes. So Marco Polo is one of the most self-contained episodes for me. It's pretty much all about a party. <laughs> That's the whole episode. It's just mm-hmm. there's a party for Carmela's dad. And yep. I, I just love these kinds of episodes. This is where this show is so much better than other shows is nothing happens plot-wise, but I don't care. Like, I just enjoy being with these characters. Like, I don't care about the fact that there's nothing that progresses the story because I just like these characters. So it stands out to me because, like, I don't need shit to be happening. I don't need exciting things. I just enjoy these people. And it's, like, one of those episodes where it makes you realize, like, this is going to sound cheesy as fuck, but you're not watching a show. You're not watching the show. You're living the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, yeah. you're living with these people and shit. Like, you're not actually. But, like, that's why I love Marco Polo. As close like as you can get to. Exactly. Living. Like, it's so intimate the way they do this party. It's, like, you're at this party. That's what it feels like. It's so yep. good. Um, I also really like the relationship between Tony and uh, Carmela's dad. Uh, what's his name? Hugh or something? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love like it. I love that because, like, at this time, they're, they're separated. And, like, this dude t- loves Tony. Yeah, he just loves Tony. And, like, you can tell that it, it's sad. It's sad, like, honestly, because, like, Tony wants to, like, still have a relationship with him. But, like, Carmela is just too awkward and, like, all that stuff. And then, obviously, the stuff in the pool is great. They throw Carmela in the pool. I enjoy that. It's a good moment. Um, and it's just, it's just a good episode. It's just It's fun. really wholesome. It's yeah, really it's, wholesome. It's, like, it's all about, you know what? I feel like this, is a, this proves what Tony says in the season one finale. In the season one finale, when Tony's like, it's about the little moments. You know what I mean? And like, this episode is about the little moments. It's just like family at a, in a fucking pool. Obviously, like, it's just, just fun. It's just fun. Yeah, I'm getting that. in my feels. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> you know, We're both going to be in tears. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just a We just start I crying. Love, I love Marco Polo. Also written by Michael Imperioli. Shout yep. out to Michael Imperioli. Yep. Shout out to Michael Imperioli. Great writer. I just realized, I just had back-to-back Michael Imperioli episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. Yeah, my number nine was from Where to Eternity. My number eight is Marco Polo. There you go. And you and you, yeah, you prefer Marco Polo. So you think uh, that one's more. that's his best work yeah, on the show? Yeah, that, that, that's his best episode that he wrote. Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? Chris is barely in it. I remember when yep. I rewatched this, I saw I was like, oh yeah, Michael Imperioli wrote it when I was watching the opening credits, and then I realized mm-hmm. Chris doesn't have one line. He's in a, he's in the background of a few shots at the party. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yep. have one line. Chris and so, yeah, so Michael Imperioli was just like, yo, I want to write about all the other characters. <laughs> and it's perfect. Dude, it's great. That's what like so is so good about the Sopranos, because like we see episodes through different characters' perspectives. Like some yeah. episodes, like a really main character will just be kind of like this like side character in the background, but they don't mm-hmm. really do anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that's so cool to me. 
Yeah. There's like yeah. other shows. Every character is like equally yeah. exactly. equal screen time, equal yeah. amount of dialogue. That, that's that's what makes the Sopranos each episode. It makes it feel like a movie because they give so much focus to like one or two characters, and then yeah. they're just and then they're just absent. Like that happens a lot. Like with Christopher, with like Janice, with Bobby, like with Junior, like with Carmela even. Like sometimes they just don't get that much focus, and then all of a sudden it's all about them. Like it's just it's perfect. Other than Tony, Tony's the only one who's like. Yep. he gets a lot of focus in every episode mm -hmm. but yeah and having such a big ensemble allows them to do like awesome things like that it's mm -hmm. so cool for sure yeah we can go to your number seven yep so number seven i have the test stream this was one of your honorable mentions oh wow it's in your top 10 i'm impressed yeah yeah yep i have it at number seven and i remember i don't know if it's still my my favorite aspect of the show but uh on my first watch especially the dream sequence were dream sequences were always by far like my favorite aspect of the show yeah and uh i remember thinking like how long are they gonna go on with this and they went like yeah. the, like i, I think yeah, like you said, it was 30 minutes i, th 30 I thought minutes. it was gonna be the whole episode i remember i had that thought i was like are they gonna do dreams for the entire episode i think it, it was might like be, it might be a little less than 30 minutes it might be like 20 minutes but it's i think still... it was like 20 it's longer than 20 i know that it's like yeah 27 or something yeah, like that it's pretty crazy how long it is yeah but like aside from like the last five minutes they did they the rest of the episode was a dream sequence and yeah. i thought they did a this was like one of their masterpieces when it came to dream sequences they showed yeah. they depicted tony's mental state and how he was like um how he was processing the whole thing with tony b and uh yeah. phil's brother yeah and they they depicted that so well but yeah yeah test dream really stands out for me uh, arguably the best dream sequence in the show um mm -hmm. okay so you had the test dream at number seven right Okay, so my number seven, um, I have um, Amour Fu. This is season three, episode 12. Mm -hmm. um, this, is your so yeah. number, this is your number seven? My number seven, yeah. Yep. So Amour Fu. Um, for me, I have it this high. Like I said earlier, when I was talking about season three, Tony and Gloria is my favorite fling. Like out of all the affairs he has, that's my favorite one. Uh, mm -hmm. I love their dynamic. I think they had incredible chemistry, those James Gandolfini, and I wish I knew the name of the actress <laughs> who plays Gloria, but I don't know. But um, she's a great actor. I thought they had great chemistry. And holy shit, that fight. There's a fight in this episode where it's when um, Gloria ends up driving with Carmela in the car. And then Tony finds out about it, that like she drove her wife, his wife yep. home. And then he goes to confront her. And she like says some shit about like, she'll tell Meadow, like, and like she threatens him. And he just fucking grabs her. He like throws her over onto the, the counter and onto the and he starts strangling. Dude, that was she one throws of a steak at him, right? Well, that actually the steak's a different episode. That's oh. in a different episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that when another episode comes up. But uh, yeah, that fight sequence, like he starts strangling her. I thought he was gonna kill her. I was like ready for him to murder her. Like, and then she's like, she wants. I think the fact that she wants him to kill her is what makes him stop. Like, he doesn't kill her because she knows she's a little fucked up and she actually wants it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that that's one of the most intense scenes in the whole show, in my opinion. Like, I was I wasn't like sweating, but like. I was like, holy shit, like, just yeah. the weight, the weight of that argument, like, it really hits, like, it's like, holy shit, they, the way they execute the tension is incredible, when he, mm -hmm. when he grabs Gloria and throws her on the ground, um, and then also there's the stuff about Jackie Jr., because, like, Jackie Jr. does the fucking, the heist, the poker thing, I think that's this episode, um, and then yep. Tony and Ralphie, I love the dynamic between Tony and Ralphie, man, like, it's such a good dynamic, the way Tony still resents Ralphie for what he did to Tracy, but he knows he needs Ralphie. And then the shit with Jackie Jr. happens, and he's like, he leaves it up to Ralphie. He's like, yo, it's your decision. Like, you get to decide what happens. And then, like, 
it's he's trying to like make it seem like he's doing him a favor because it's like yo ralphie i'm giving you power because it's your decision but at the same time you know it's just tony doesn't want to do it like he's just like yo it's your responsibility even though i kind of think it was obvious they were going to kill him like there wasn't really any doubt in my mind that they were going to let him live so like Mm -hmm. obviously ralphie's going to decide to kill him i don't even know it's kind of ambiguous like who had the final say like it's possible that it's possible that tony wanted that to happen anyways but i still love that that dynamic and Jackie Jr. and the poker thing is still a great scene. Like, he's so dumb, but it's, it's just really entertaining, like, watching him do that shit. Okay, and then one more thing about this episode. I really love one of James Gandolfini's best moments, in my opinion, is after they're, they're helping Furio, because Furio got shot at the poker game. So they take out the bullet from Furio, and then they're, um, after they take out the bullet, Chris is, like, pissed off, and Chris because Chris was at the poker game, and Chris is like, Yo, like, we got to kill Jack. And then Tony gets really mad and he throws him against the wall. And he's like, whatever happens, I decide. And he's like, you don't got to love me, but you will respect me. That's one of James Gandolfini's best moments. I love that scene. It's it's his eyes. It's his eyes, man. If you look at his eyes when he does that, the way he delivers that line, but you will respect me. Yeah. His eyes. It's fucking perfect. Like, dude, I I love this episode. I'm more food. It's my favorite Actually, it's not. Never mind. I take that back. I was going to say it's my favorite penultimate episode, but there's one I have higher. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. This, I know yeah. I know which episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I love this episode. So there's that great fight between Tony and Gloria, and then there's this great moment with Tony and Chris. I, I love this episode. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember the ending scene of this episode? It's, it's, with, some, kind of, it's some kind of montage, isn't it? It's Patsy Parisi. Yeah, the final scene is Patsy Parisi driving off, and... I think it does a really uh, good job just showing the duplicity of the mobsters' lives, like, uh, which is a so, huge theme in the show, just yeah. showing the duplicity of their lives, yeah. family and the mob lives. Yeah, and I was just going to say, that reminds me. So I've been talking about all these good scenes, Tony and Gloria, Tony and Chris. Another great scene, when Patsy threatens Gloria. That's a great scene. When he's yep. in the car, dude, that threat, that, like, that hits hard. You're like, he, he executes- I'll be scraping your nipples off the seat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Off that's the, a- the seat. That's a good fucking scene. Okay, yeah, that's enough on Amurfu. It's my number seven. Fucking love that. Love that. Yep. One of the best penultimate episodes to a season. Season three, episode 12. Okay, yep. uh, what do you have at number six? So number six, uh, this is one that you already had on your list. Uh, Marco Polo, season five, yep. episode eight. Yeah, uh, a little higher. A little higher. Yep, just a little bit higher than you did. Uh, yeah, pretty much for all the reasons you said. I thought um, you mentioned that you love the relationship between Carmela's dad and Tony. Same yeah. with me. Um, yeah. Whoever plays... Uh, her dad really good actor yeah he's great i actually thought he was gonna die this episode too oh yeah because they were setting it up really well they were like building up his character mm. and um he got really blackout drunk this episode so when yeah. he was passing out he like stumbled and fell i thought he was having a heart attack at first i was uh, like yeah. oh shit they're actually doing it <laughs> no but they didn't end up doing it yeah, um, that, cra- that cracks me up the way how drunk he is it's so funny <laughs> yep and this is also another episode uh we mentioned season two episode four it says a lot about uh italian american culture this is another one of those yeah. episodes where um carmela's mom she's like a really like a devout italian like a really hardcore italian yeah she's, and she's, she's embarrassed like, about her friend isn't she yeah, she's yeah. she's embarrassed about the doctor that's there. He, I'm assuming that doctor doesn't like approve of Italian American lifestyles. Right. Um. But but Tony is like the definition of a like that stereotypical Italian American. Yeah. And yeah. when Tony shows up, yeah. they see him as an embarrassment. Yeah. And I mean, he I, just he just cooks the sausages and shit. <laughs> happy so birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce. Yeah. I thought that conflict was really good. Hmm. It was just a really wholesome episode as a whole. It was really nice to see uh, 
Tony and Carmella, um, and AJ too. Yeah, yeah. They played Marco Polo. That was just very relatable. I used to play that as a kid. Like, <laughs> and this is like, this is one of my favorite Tony B episodes too because I really like mm. to see um, his relationship with Meadow and how I think didn't Tony Good B's point. daughter die or something like that? Yeah, I, I no, I think he doesn't know where she is or something. Like oh he yeah, lost, he has a lost daughter or something. Yeah, yeah, and him and Meadow are having like a really deep conversation, and yeah. um, and then Tony comes along and kind of like takes Meadow away from Tony yeah. B. Yeah. And you can see, like, Tony B, he's really upset. He's like, damn, I wish this was my daughter. He's kind of, like, jealous of that relationship. Um, yeah. One more thing. What was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, so at first, I thought Tony B was an absolute creep. When he was, like, staring at Meadow, I'm like, is this dude, yeah. like, a pedophile or something? <laughs> but then the more they, like, uh, the more screen time between Meadow and Tony B we got, it, it made more sense. Yeah, yeah. He's just, Which he's was, just, he's shocked by how old she is, is what it is. Because, like, he saw her yeah. when she was a little girl, right? Because he was in prison. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then the more screen time we get after that, we realize, oh, Metal reminds him of his daughter. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. I agree. I just, that's, a, that's a good part of the episode, the relationship between Meadow and Tony B. I agree. Yep. Yeah. And there's just, there's, it's just, like, one of those episodes that has a ridiculous amount of, like, a character interactions. It's so good. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's the Sopranos at its best. Yeah, yeah. All um, right, so what do you have at number six? Yeah, so my number six is long-term parking. So uh, season five, episode 12. So I thought I thought six was low for long-term parking, and you didn't even have it in your top ten. So I used to rank it top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watched it. I agree with you, though. Your one criticism, I agree. It's more plot-driven. Like, it's not as rewatchable, because when you rewatch it, you kind of know what's happening. It's just not as, it's not as impactful. Because, like, my first watch, this is probably a – top three episode for me my first watch mm-hmm. like holy shit dude that i had like a pit in my stomach man like that the ending like it's brutal like when she's she starts crying in the car and she's like looking at all the trees like dude that just hurts she's so innocent and like you know she's about to die my first watch i knew the twist right away i knew the twist like Same. my first watch well, i was like actually i didn't no i remember I my, back i didn't my, my first watch i remember as soon as tony called her and said christopher committed suit or he attempted suicide. I, as soon as he did that, I was like, she's fucked. Like, that's it. Like, Christopher betrayed her. Because that, there's that really good touch when Christopher goes to the gas station and he sees that guy with his family. And he sees this guy and he's like, you can tell he's looking at this guy and he's thinking it over. And as soon as he did that, because he had already agreed with Adriana, he was going to go in with her. Um, but then when you see that, that's when I realized he was reconsidering. Um, and then as soon as Tony made that call, I was like, he's, she's fucked. Like, I just knew it right away. So I honestly even though I knew the twist, I don't think that's a negative really, because I don't think the twist takes you out of it. It's still, it still hurts. Like it's still really impactful. The fact mm-hmm. that Chris has to give her up and the scene in the car. And then, like you said, Michael Imperial, he's best acting in the whole show. The scene when he strangles her, how mm-hmm. could you fucking do this to us like that? He's I fucking still, loved you. Yep. Yeah. I loved you. And he strangles her. I thought he was going to kill her when he was strangling her. Um, yep. Yeah. Also the ending of the episode. That's one thing. So you're right. It is plot driven. So that it just means on rewatch, it's not as good when it's so plot driven. But one thing I loved on rewatch was the ending. The ending of yep. this episode's great. It's when Tony, Tony and Carmela, the yeah, they're in the woods and they're looking at the land that they're going to buy for, for Carmela's spec house. Like the one that they agree to for them to get back together. And they, it's like the same leaves, like the leaves on the ground. It's the same the, shot kind of, of the, the sky same, and the and trees. The, exactly. It's the same as where Adriana got killed. And it's just perfect. It's like, yep. this is like, 
Adriana got killed here, and then you think you're going back there, but it's like, no, this is where Tony and Carmella are having a fresh start. After what Tony did, they're getting a fresh start, and Carmella, it's kind of sad to me, to be honest, yep. that, like, Carmella gets back together with him just because he gives her money for a spec house. Like, it just, their relationship's pretty pathetic at points. That's Carmella, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's Carmella. That's Carmella. Oh, you're going to pay for my spec house? Okay, you can come live with me again. Like, it's just, and, like, it's just the way they juxtapose that with Adriana getting killed in the same spot. It's just great. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's just slightly less rewatchable. So that's why it's not quite top five, but it's still a great episode. Um, so I, I put it at number six. I have a really small criticism, and this is just like a really small detail. Um, yeah, for a while, I disliked it on my rewatch, and it has nothing to do with the overall story or overall episode at all. It's just a really small detail. It's when Ada's crawling away. She crawls like 30 feet, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she just like, she could have like gotten up and ran. She's crawling for like at least like twenty feet before she gets shot. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, like I remember rewatching. Yeah. It was comical, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it makes sense. It's just like it's her desperation, I guess. Like she's, she, well, she's too scared. Okay, if you rewatch it with that in mind, you'll realize why it looks so dumb. Like okay. I get like she's so scared and nervous she can't even get up, but it still looks so dumb. Really? I don't know if yeah. it looks dumb to me. Maybe, maybe it will. I don't Dude, know. you gotta I, rewatch it and then with that okay. in mind. And then, I, I, I still love that shot though, man. The shot of like how it pans towards her and then it pans up to the sky as Syl shoots her. It's perfect. I love that. Like, it's yeah. so well shot. Yeah. Yeah, so I have long-term parking at number six, which the fact that you didn't even have it in your top 10 and I had it at number six, I think like that's, some people think it's the best one in the whole show. Like it's not quite yeah. there for me, but it's still great. Like, um, Yeah, it's top 15 for me. Yeah. Only because I like the deep character episodes, like I said before. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Nothing uh, against so, long-term parking. Yeah, so what's what's your number five? We can get into our top fives here. Yep, so at number five, I have joined the club, season six, episode two. Mm. So this is the... So before you go into it, I cheated, and I said I said the first three of six A is like yep, one episode. Honorable mention. I, yeah, I had them all as honorable mentions. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but yeah, go into it. So if you had to pick your favorite between uh, those first three episodes, what would you say is your favorite? Two or three. Two or three for sure. I don't remember which one, but two is a good pick. Like, yeah. So, I went with, so episode two ends with Tony. It's probably, like, the most lonely scene in the show. Tony is just sitting on the bed, looking out towards the horizon. There's the lighthouse on the horizon. Yeah. And it ends with Tony just sitting on the bed. And that is the single most, like, profound moment in the show to me. Yeah. It just encapsulates this feeling of, like, loneliness and depression that Tony's going through. And it's mm-hmm. done so well. What I really like about this episode, and actually watching The Leftovers made me appreciate this episode even more, because, you know, interna- any, any people watching this that have seen The Leftovers, they know International Assassin. Great episode, yeah. yeah. It was heavily influenced probably by this. It was yeah. heavily influenced by Join the Club, because mm-hmm. is Kevin in this, like, purgatory-like hotel, mm-hmm. like, having this psychological battle to get out of this, th- mm-hmm. this hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's... Here's a parallel between Leftovers and The Sopranos. At the end of uh, a certain episode, Tony gets shot by Junior. Mm -hmm. The next episode, Mm -hmm. he's in this purgatory-like hotel almost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're basically the same episode. You know what's funny about that? I had, so you had, you think of The Leftovers when you think of that episode. So remember in our top 10 episodes, I had Lost ahead of The Leftovers. So when I think of this episode, I think of how it influenced Lost because Lost season six, it's all purgatory. The Flash Sideways is all purgatory. And it's like yep. this afterlife world. 
Uh, but you made a good point. I think you're right. The leftovers even more so because of the fact it's a hotel. That's a good point. Yep. They're, they're both hotels. That's a good point. That's a good pick. Yeah, that's a good episode. And join the club. It's just like one of those outlandish episodes that makes The Sopranos so great. And Edie yeah. Falco in this episode, Edie Falco's breakdown yeah. is like... I, m- I mentioned that, yeah. Oh. It's her, I think it's arguably... It's a top three Edie Falco performance in the show for me. I'll yeah. get into some other performances later on. But yeah. um, yeah, top three great. Edie Falco. Uh, she, car- she carries that episode. Like, you can yeah. really feel her her grief over what's happening to Tony. It's incredible how good she is. Yeah. Yep. And I also like Polly this episode. He's like, he always tries to be like the most loyal to Tony. He always wants to be the one that takes care of Meadow and AJ. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I'm driving AJ home. Fuck you, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, we'll we'll it, get into characters later. But yeah, Polly's just yep. so selfish. <laughs> but yeah, join the, join the club is easily a, a top five experience that I had. And the ending scene of uh, that episode is probably like, yeah. Arguably actually, the most emotional moment. I think you, you asked me which one I prefer, two or three or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. I actually think that episode's great. See, episode two, join the club. Yep. There's a scene, I think it's episode three, the one after, when it's when Steve Buscemi comes back. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tony and goes to at that the house. house. And then he hears Meadow, or like, it's like, Daddy, don't leave us or whatever. That, I think that's the most emotional moment out of those first three episodes, in my opinion. Like the first mm-hmm. three episodes of season six, that's the yep. one where it hit me the hardest, where I was like, Tony could enter this house and it's like he would he would be gone but then they're like don't leave us and like Steve Buscemi's like we're waiting for you like that that was the most profound moment for me I think that was a fallout lost moment I feel that felt like the lost finale kind of that was like lost (laughs) that was very much like lost you're right because they have the white light too like in the house yeah Yeah. the way when he when when where Locke talks to Ben before he goes in exactly like the church and the doors that open and the white light yeah you're right yep but yeah, that's a good pick. Join the club. Yeah, I had an honorable mention, even though I cheated and had three episodes <laughs> as yeah. one. But, yeah, it's fine. it's kind of like a that that whole yeah. thing is kind of like one I, arc. So that's why I had it as one honorable mention, like that yeah. whole arc in the hospital. That was your number five. Uh, yep, that was my number five. Yeah, so my number five is one you already mentioned. So I have college season one episode five. That's my number nice. five. <laughs> so I, I feel bad for you that you said you you knew about this episode going in. Like that was I had no clue. Like when I started The Sopranos, I was just like. I'm going to go in. I didn't really know anything. The one thing I had spoiled was the ending. And we'll get into that when we talk about that. But okay. um, I had pretty much zero spoilers going into The Sopranos this year. All I knew was it's one of the best shows of all time. And the ending cuts to black really weirdly. That's all I knew. So I had no clue what was. So this, the reason I have college at number five, it's the one that hooked me. I was blown away by this episode. I was like, as soon as I finished this episode, in the back of my mind, I was like, The Sopranos is going to be one of my favorite shows of all time. I just knew it. Like, five episodes in, I was like, this is the one that hooked me. This is the one where, like, I was like, this feels like a movie, first of all, because you talk yep. about how self-contained it is. Mm-hmm. Um, both storylines are perfect. Like, it's, it's focuses, it focuses on two things. That's it. It's just Tony and Meadow, and then it's Carmela and the Priest. And it's yep. so good. And it's so rewatchable. I, re- I loved it on rewatch. It's like, I could watch this episode ten more times. It's so good um just like the cat and mouse game that tony plays with that rat like the rat that he tries to kill yeah like they're going after each other how how meadow gets drunk with her friends that one time also yep. the opening when Mar- meadow's just like so dad you're in the mafia right like i just yeah. love that that opening <laughs> conversation's great like are you in the mafia like it's just so good oh, yep. i love this episode i could watch it 20 times um it's one of the most rewatchable ones for me that's why i put it at number five and it's the one that hooked me it's the one where i was like I know I'm going to love the show. Like I was hooked. And yep. like you said, the, the Carmela and the priest stuff's great too. Like that pretty much sums up Carmela's whole character. 
they sum up her whole character in the fifth episode. That's like, what's so great about season one. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's just like right away, you're like, this is the main conflict of this woman. Is like she loves her husband. She knows he's a good father, but she she in the back of her mind, she's like, oh, he 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 does horrible things. But then we we slowly see throughout the show that in the back of her mind, she kind of enjoys these. We'll get into more of this when we do top characters. But I just really, really love how the Carmela and the Priest stuff plays out and the Tony and Meadow stuff's incredible. Yeah. The way that the characters are for the rest of the show, they perfectly establish that in season one. Yeah. Yeah. So college, I have a number five. Where did you have college? You added in your I had college at number eight. Yep. Yeah. So I, I added a little, quite a bit higher. And I think yep. the reason I had it quite a bit higher was I had no clue about this episode. Like you said, you said you kind of had a feeling this was overhyped, right? So like mm-hmm. I went in, I had no clue. I just watched episode five and I was like, holy fuck, that was great. I'm so into this show. Like it just blew me away. Yeah. Cause you know me, I would have been all over that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I love self-contained episodes yeah. like that. I'm trying to think of an example where I knew about an episode going in. I think the leftovers actually, I think I knew about international assassin. I knew about international assassin. Like that was the one that everyone talks about. So that one, that's an example where I went in with like high expectations and it was still great, but it wasn't like the best episode of the whole show, the way everyone says it was. There wasn't like a plot payoff or anything. It was just kind yeah. of like, yeah. We'll save this for the leftovers. We're going to do a leftovers deep dive. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, good shit though. Okay. So what's your number four? So at number four, I have the series finale made in America. Yeah. I had this as an honorable mention, but I get why you have it. Yeah. Yep. So when I was first, okay. So you said you knew what the ending was. I had it. This is kind of dumb, but I'm going to just mention this. Uh, when I was a kid, I liked Family Guy. Like me and my brother would watch Family Guy all the time. And there's yep. there's a scene in Family Guy when it's the one where Lois kills Stewie. This is a really random Family Guy reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should do a deep dive on Family Guy. Yeah, that's a great idea. I haven't seen all of it. So I'm just kidding. Maybe I watch ter- all of it. Yeah, I was joking. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I used to love it as a kid. Um, and there's a scene in Family Guy where Stewie's like they have a stupid ending where like it was all a dream or something. And then Stewie's like, well, at least it wasn't as bad as the Sopranos where it just cuts to black and mid sent it. And then it just cuts to black. So I, I knew in the back of my mind the whole time, Oh, there's a controversial ending in the Sopranos where they cut to black. That's all yep. I knew. That's the one spoiler I had about the Sopranos. They mm-hmm. cut to black in the last scene. So that's not, I don't think that's the reason I had it outside of my top 10, but like the fact that I knew that was coming, it definitely took away some of the impact. But yeah, you can go into the why you have this so high. Go for it. Yep. So this, I, I knew pretty much everything that you knew. I knew that I always heard, oh, it's at the Sopranos at dinner and it, it's a cut to black. Even though I knew how it ended, it's, not, it's still not how I thought it was going to end. Mm-hmm. I think the final scene is the best scene in the entire show. It's the most well-executed scene in the entire show, in my opinion. Dude, the editing... Yeah, it is fucking, good. It it's is so good. perfect. It's so fucking well done. I do we'll love pro- Tony's perspective. The way they give you his perspective, it's great. Yeah, we'll dive deeper into this when we talk about the finale. But yeah. um, we're we're gonna go into interpretations. Yeah, but yeah. But I will admit the whole throughout the entire finale, like the first forty or so minutes, I'm like, how are they gonna cap this off? Like, is something gonna happen? Like, okay, yeah. So we'll save this conversation for the end of our list because we'll probably dive deeper into the finale. Yeah, after, we'll do interpretations of it. Towards the end of the episode, we'll go into our interpretations. Yeah, of the yep. ending. Well, one one thing I will say though, because this doesn't have to do with the last scene. Um, even though I had the finale as an honorable mention, I love that scene. the final scene with Tony and Junior is great. Yeah, great. When Junior's like, he tells him, "You, you and my dad, you used to run North Jersey," and Junior's yep. just like, "That was nice." We did. Yeah. He's like, "We did. That was nice." Like, and it's just like, oh, 
just the it's way they said that's all this shit that you go through in the mob all this shit you go through it just in the end you're just if you're stuck alone you have nothing like that's what yeah. junior junior has nothing in the end he's just an empty person like and it's just brutal it's so sad the ending later we're just gonna focus on the last scene so i feel like i should just mention something else that happened in the series finale i love that final scene between tony and junior it's great i think tony was in denial about uh junior's alzheimer's right until up and up until that scene he's a, he finally realized or maybe he finally like he stopped being in denial about it he's like yeah this dude he genuinely does not remember yeah like junior's just an empty person and like he's going through dementia and that's it. He's just nothing now. But you're right. I think maybe Tony, it finally hits him. Yeah. So we're at, what was, you had the series finale, right? Yeah. Yep. So you're at number four. You're at your yeah. number four now. So yeah, before I do my number four, I just, I just want to say, um, this is a quick disclaimer that my top four episodes change like every time. Like, like this is like, these top four could change anytime. I, like if I rewatch number four, that could be number one. If I rewatch number three, that could be number one. So this is a very tentative top four as like, these are my four favorite episodes. Like they go together as like a tier of like, these are my four favorite episodes of The Sopranos instead of like just having one favorite. But obviously for the podcast, we had to rank them. So I'll just do, I'll just do the rankings. But I just wanted to mention that my top four are very interchangeable, like very mm-hmm. interchangeable. Um, Okay, so yeah, my at number four for now, uh, I have White Caps. So season four finale, I have mm-hmm. at number four. Um, so White Caps, best acting from Edie Falco, like that I've ever seen. Like not just from her. Like it's some of the best acting I've ever seen in anything. Like, like I'm sorry, like that first argument that they have when he throws her against the wall and shit, and then she goes into the bedroom and she breaks down. Like, dude, like I was like that was so heavy. Like that reminds, it gave me like Ozymandias vibes. Yeah, like, when when Skyler and exactly. Walt, like, like yeah it's just it's so heavy you're like you're living this moment and like you can feel how broken she is um it's just some of the best acting i've ever seen like in anything like it's fucking so good mm-hmm. um and then the second fight the one in the bath the bat the bathhouse what's it called <laughs> the guest house guest house the, or the pool house you could probably pool call house. it too. pool house. I, I think it's i think it's guest I, house though that, that's why i called it bathhouse i was trying to think of pool house pool pool house water water exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly uh, <laughs> So the, the, the first argument, she blew me away. And then the second argument, it's the writing that stands out. And obviously the acting is good too. The chemistry between them is fantastic. But mm-hmm. this fight in the pool house, the when she confesses about Furio and then he punches the wall and then uh, he talks about how like, you just wanted a simple gold heart on a chain and like shit. Like, it's just such a good argument. Like you understand both characters. They have such They call each other out. They're so mad at each other. It's perfect. It's a perfect argument that any couple would have. And it's just... It, and both of them thing. are right is the yeah, great thing. Both of them are right. There's not one person who's right. Like they're both right in their own way. And they're both wrong in their own way. Like it's yeah. both. Like that's what's so crazy about that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously some people agree with Tony. Some people agree with Carmela. But like for me, it changes every time. Like one time I'm like, she's right. One time I'm like, he's right. Like I probably point, said with Carmela a little more. But, yeah, um, but, but his point that she knew what she was getting into. Like, yeah, like you married fair. someone who's in the mob. There's women on the side the entire time. Like she knew that. So like, it's kind of, I understand what Tony means when he's like, dude, like you knew what you were getting into. Like, come I on. I grew up like, with Dickie Moltisanti. And exactly, like, yeah. Dickie yeah. Moltisanti. And it's like, but at the same time, I agree with you. With Carmela, she's like, why this Russian one-legged person? Like, what are you best friends with all these fucking girls? You're just like, like what am I not? What shit. are you not getting from me? Exactly. Yeah. You're just a horny piece of shit who needs like a 20 year old every two seconds. Like, fuck you. Yep. So like, I get both of them and it's perfect. Um, 
and I also like that they have a good balance of comedy too. Like there's that scene with the the guy with the speakers. Like they keep the guy who won't give yep. him his money back, the house. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy that. It's just a funny little side plot. Um, and it's one of the I'd say it's arguably the most emotional episode in the whole show. Like it's the one where I, I never I never teared up during the Sopranos. Um mm-hmm. but I came close in this episode when when he hugs his kids at the fridge. When they're at the fridge, yep. And he hugs his kids and it's like you realize that like how hard a divorce would be on those kids, like and like how much they love their dad and like it's just it hits me hard and then they, they use that flashback with meadow that flashback's pretty well executed um where she remembers she regretted the things she said to her mom and dad exactly yeah so now I that her family's up. broken up exactly exactly um so yeah that's why i have white cups at four Sometime- i have th- i have this at number three so let's keep going with this oh you have a number three we have a back-to-back yeah. here yeah. yeah so so yeah go ahead what do you think about white cups you have it at number three yeah yeah uh pretty much the same thing uh it's really Edie Falco, eh? Well, let's, like, go, let's just keep going with the discussion we had right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, it's the most emotional episode for me. The only reason I don't have it a bit higher, like, it's still, like, I've considered White Caps at number one. That's what I mean by my first four. Are very inter- they're very interchangeable. Yep. But um, for me, it's just the whole, um, it's slightly too long. Like, it's really long. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. And I think it's, it's the of, side plot that's kind of yeah, like, yeah, it's one of those things where like, okay. sometimes when an episode is way longer than the other ones, you don't feel it because it's so good. But for Whitecaps, it doesn't quite work where like, I can feel how long this episode feels like it actually feels too long sometimes, yeah. but it's still great. It's still fantastic. Um, probably like one of the most hard hitting lines was Carmela's. I think it was the final line of their final argument. It was you fucking hypocrite. Yeah. And it perfectly yeah. summarizes the entire conflict they're going through the whole show is just full of the whole show everyone's a hypocrite in this show like it's great like you fucking hypocrite and tony knows it tony knows it dude i I think you're right carmella she gets the last word in like she kind of wins that argument even though some people would side with tony but like she does win that argument when she says you fucking hypocrite and it's season four specifically that really dives into how much of a hypocrite tony really is because okay so in season four episode seven uh Tony beats that one guy up with a belt for yeah, sleeping yeah, yeah. with his ex. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next episode, Tony sleeps with Ralph's ex, and he explains yeah. it to Ralph. He's like, you got to yeah. be okay with this. Dude, he's a piece of shit. That's it's just how it is. Yeah. So why is Tony able to sleep with this dude's ex, but this one guy isn't able to sleep with his ex? He's a hypocrite. Okay. Right. And so then true. the episode after those two episodes is episode nine. Okay. So Polly wants to kill Ralph. Because Ralph prank called uh, his mom. Right. Polly right. wants to kill Ralph, Ralph. That's a really funny scene when Ralphie prank calls his mom. That's, <laughs> that's what, a really funny scene. We'll, we'll talk about that later because that's yeah, one of my yeah. funny scenes oh, okay. that we're going to bring bad. up. My bad. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. Um, but uh, but Polly wants to kill Ralph and Tony's like, no, we need him. You can't just kill him for personal reasons. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, he kills Tony, for personal reasons. <laughs> Tony kills Ralph for personal reasons. You're right. And you're then, right. And it comes full circle in white caps, yeah. not only between Carmel and Tony, just in general. Yeah. Tony is the biggest hypocrite on the show. Yeah, Tony is the biggest hypocrite. But Carmel is a hypocrite too. Paulie's a hypocrite too. They're like all every, hypocrites. Every character is a hypocrite. Christopher, like they're all hypocrites. It's incredible how they pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher's a hypocrite too because he, he'll call it Ada whore and shit like that when Christopher's really the whore in that relationship. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 Whitecaps is great. Fuck. Yep. Um, also, a really little tidbit. I don't know if you remember. Um, so the guy that Tony's fucking with, like that real estate guy who has the house, he's in Mr. Robot. I don't know if you remember. 
Yeah, he's yeah. um he's Terry the, Colby. He's the cor- yeah, Terry yeah. Colby, the corporate yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who fucks with Angela. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we just did my number three. What's yes. your number three? My so number my, three is white caps. Same your as your number, number three, four. Yeah, so my number four was white caps, your number three was white caps. My number three is Pine Barrens. So mm-hmm. Pine Barrens, I have a number three. Like I said, my top four are interchangeable. Sometimes Pine Barrens is my favorite, sometimes it's not my favorite. But, this um, is my I, number two, so we'll have a joint discussion your, right here. That's your number two. Okay. This is my number two. <laughs> Back-to-backs are crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, so Pine Barrens, I'll just start with, like, the comedic chemistry between Polly and Christopher. I think this is arguably the funniest episode. It's, it's the funniest episode in the whole show. Mm-hmm. I can literally list every scene that I laugh my ass off at. It's so fucking <laughs> funny, man. This scene is comedy at its best, like in a drama. But I will bring up one thing, though, about Pine Barrens. Earlier, you said, when I was talking about Amur Fu, which is the episode that comes after, you mm-hmm. said, when, uh, when Gloria throws the meat at Tony. That happens in Pine Barrens. That's yep. in Pine Barrens. That's in Pine Barrens. So that's what I wanted to add, because, like, everyone thinks of Pine so Barrens. So good. It's, it's the Paulie and Chris episode. But there's a really good story where Tony, he he's a, he's promises Gloria that he'll have dinner with her later. But then Carmela's parents show up and he's like, shit, I got to stay with Carmela's mm-hmm. parents. And then he shows up to Gloria's like an hour or two late and then yep. she's pissed and then he fucks her and then he leaves because <laughs> he, he has to go, he has to go pick up Polly. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got to pick up Christopher and Polly. And then like she throws the meat at him. It's just such a good fucking scene. That's one of my favorite Tony and Gloria moments. <laughs> she just whiffs the meat at his head. Such he a just moment. turns around. He's like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. It's just so good. What do you what do you want to say about Pine Barrens? You have it at number two, so you have it a little higher. Well, yeah. Obviously, the highlight is just Polly and Chris out in the woods. Yeah, it's so entertaining. Okay, I knew it's... about this is one of the episodes of The Sopranos I knew about before going into. Oh, uh, I didn't know and, about this one, man. I love not having shit spoiled. It's so great. Well, I had no idea what this episode was about. Zero idea. I just heard right. Pine Barrens, Pine Barrens, Pine Barrens. Like you knew the Everyone... name. I see. I see. Yep. I just knew it was a fan favorite. Mm. I knew everyone loved this episode. Mm-hmm. But it did not disappoint in the slightest. I was loving it the whole way through. And it insta- so Breaking Bad, uh, Four Days Out, is inspired by Pan- Pine Barrens. Yep. And this same is one with, of the- Same with Bagman. Same with- same, And, and with- since there's an episode in Mr. Robot where they're wandering yep. in the woods. Yeah, you're, everything is inspired by The Sopranos. It's crazy. Yeah, as much as Bagman and Four Days Out are inspired by it, 404 Not Found is like probably the biggest parallel yeah. that I can think of. Yeah. Basically, everything in the woods was, like, wildly entertaining. Wildly entertaining. So and it, it's just, like, it's kind of like one of those, like, outlandish what-the-hell Sopranos episodes. Because, like, they shoot yeah. this dude in the head, and he yeah. runs off. The comedy of this Russian guy is great. Like, the way he just keeps coming back. It's so funny. It's perfect. If you're going comedy, it's the funniest episode. Like, Polly and Chris have so many good scenes in this episode. Like, obviously... You got, we got to bring up this line. Like, it's like one of the most iconic moments in the whole show is the interior decorator mix up. It's so fucking funny. His house looks like shit. Yeah, that's how, he's like, he gets the call from Tony. The, it's lagging, the phone quality shit. And he's like, yo, this guy was in the interior ministry. And he, <laughs> Paulie goes, guy was an interior decorator. <laughs> Chris is just like, this house looks like shit. Like, that's incredible. That's just like some of the best dialogue in all of TV. I'm sorry. Like, how do you think of a better mix-up? Like, that's perfect. Um, and then all one line that kills me on my first watch, I don't know, like, my first watch, this just I was just dying, is when Paulie, when, when Chris is eating the ketchup, and then 
And then Paulie's like, mix it with the relish. <laughs> yeah. He's acting like it's actually pretty solid. He's like, yeah. pretty good. He's so excited. He's like, yo, mix it with the relish. Like, it's just so funny. I, I love that. Even though it's like total shit. Yeah. And then their tension is so good. And like the way they, he has like a gun to Paulie's head and then they start laughing and like, it's just fucking perfect. Also, Bobby in his hunting gear. That's yeah. a great moment. When he comes out in his hunting gear and Tony laughs his ass off. That's a great moment. A fun fact about that scene between Bobby and Tony is uh, to get James Gandolfini to like really laugh, Bobby walked out with a dildo like stuck to his head. I think I remember <laughs> hearing about that. That's really funny. Yeah. Bobby, yeah, the guy that, that plays Bobby <laughs> stuck yeah. a dildo to his head and he walked out and James yeah. Gandolfini just lost it. And his, they just, his, they ran that, with it. And that's his actual reaction in the show, right? Like it's yeah. just a shot of Tony. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So like the the... Tony's reaction that we see is James Gandolfini's, like, actually. Yeah, to a dildo. That's so funny. That's yep. great. Um, yeah, there's enough. Man, Pine Barrens is such a fan favorite. Enough said. Like, people love it. I'm surprised it's not number one for both of us, though. But like I said, my, my top four, literally, they change every day. Like, yep. Another good <laughs> line is um, the Pearl Harbor line. And, oh, and yeah. Christopher's like, that should actually happen. Yeah, it's like, like something like the, Cu- the Cuban Missile Crisis. The, yeah, the Cuban Missile Crisis. What, what did I say? What did I say? You said... Um, uh, you said Pearl Harbor. You said Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Remember Pearl Harbor, kid. Yeah. Give us, give us a break. We're, dr- we're drinking, so it's all. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Paulie says it. He's like, he always does this shit. He's like, Remember Pearl Harbor, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You got. Yeah, but it's the, it's the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, Chris yeah. is like, I thought that was bullshit. I thought that was a movie. Like, yeah. So funny. I seen it in a movie. I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Fucking Pine Barrens. So. Pine Barrens is top enough, two Sopranos. Easily. Enough said. Yeah, it's my it's my number three, but it's your number two. Yeah, fair. That's enough. one of those self-contained episodes that are just like yeah, peak TV. I remember my first watch after I finished my first watch. One of the first episodes I rewatched was Pine Barrens, and then I was like, "This is my favorite episode, hands down." But then when I did a full rewatch, it started to change a little bit. Oh, yeah, I like, think I know what you're, I think I know what your top two are going to be. Can I guess yeah. your top two, or should you just go along with it? Guess them. Go guess. I think you're going to have um, going to be Soprano home movies and Funhouse. You're right. <laughs> you nailed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, Soprano Home Movies yep. is my number two. So, you, you, where did you have Soprano Home Movies? You had it on your top ten, right? Yeah, yeah, I had it number nine, yep. You had it number nine, yeah. So, my, I, I'm not surprised that you had it number nine, because it's not that high for many people. But for me, Soprano Home Movies is number two, because this episode is like, I don't know what it is about it. It's like, this is, this is The Sopranos. Like, for me, this is like quintessential The Sopranos at its best. It's yep. like, it's the balance of comedy and drama. I keep talking about that balance. And like, Soprano home movies. You have one of the funniest scenes in the whole show. They're playing Monopoly. They're drunk as fuck. First of all, Carmela drunk is hilarious. She's like, she, she's just like, her eyes are so low and she's just like out of it. It's hilarious. And then the way the tension between Tony and Bobby is so good. And like Janice just, uh, like this particularly is the, Tony and Janice and then yeah. it leads to Tony and Bobby I was gonna say like I don't like Janice at all my first watch fuck Janice but like this is one of the few episodes where I love Janice it's like, still fuck Janice yeah like no but in this episode like she serves such a good purpose like she's Fair. the reason yep. all, like she's great in this episode I enjoy her and she's like <laughs> one of my favorite lines she pulls out the card and she's like I got second place in a beauty contest and she's like make your stupid joke and then Tony's like, he doesn't say anything. But then like 10 seconds later, he's like, a German shepherd's shaved asshole won first prize. It's just such a good line. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and, then, and, then, uh, and then that's, and then he keeps taunting Bobby about like, she blows people under the boardwalk or whatever yep. the fuck. It's just so funny. And then the and fight. 
it's a perfect callback to their uh, conflict between in season five. Bobby right. let it slide the, the first few you're times. Right, you're right. He's fed up at this point, though. Yeah, yep. And then just the way the tension builds in this episode. So what I love about this episode, the whole Monopoly fight, it's like... This comedy. episode's about the Soprano family, by the way. It's a, it, it's a character-focused episode. That's why I love the character-focused yeah. episode. So it's all about the Monopoly scenes. It's comedy gold. That Monopoly scene is comedy gold. It's also really relatable. Because I swear to God, I had that exact same argument with my brother. The exact... They talk about free parking. They're really? talking about how... Yeah, Tony and Carmela and Bobby. I can't remember who. But they're specifically arguing about, do you get money on free parking or not? And that's literally what I argue about with my brother every time. You like, don't, right? Usually we play with, you do get money on free parking just because it makes it more exciting. But when you look at the actual rules... You don't put money on free parking. It's, yeah. just, it's just a chill spot. So like the fact that I had that argument with my brother, I cracked up during that scene. I was like, this is so relatable. And then obviously the fight, it's hilarious. The fight's hilarious. Carmela like runs at him and they just knock her over and they're just fighting. And like, it's so funny. So what I love about this episode. Good. It's so good, dude. Yeah. It's so rewatchable, first of all. It's hilarious. And then the drama, I'm talking about the comedy and drama, right? So after that scene, it becomes really like heavy because um tony forces bobby to do his first murder like bobby's never killed anyone and he's like you've never popped your cherry you're gonna kill someone for me and the only reason he does it is because he's a dick and he's pissed that bobby won the fight yep. <laughs> so just because bobby won that his fight, ego took a hit bad ego took a hit and then he's like you know what bobby you're gonna have to kill someone so he forces him to kill that guy bobby's broken up about it and then what i love there's also a really good carmella and janice scene where janice and carmella are arguing and Carmela says, Tony's not a vindictive man. Like, she's, like, trying to stand up for Tony. And then the next scene, he's literally the definition of a vindictive man. He gets yep. Bobby to do a murder just because he wants a revenge for the fact that Bobby beat him up. So that, the hypocrisy is perfect. Like, I love when Tony and Carmela are just such hypocrites. Like, it's so satisfying how yep. hypocritical they are. And it's just perfect. And then the ending. I love the ending of this episode. It's when Bobby, Bobby holding his daughter. Holding his daughter. That shot is beautiful. And it's like, he just murdered someone, but he still has this family. And like, it's just, ah, like the way, it's just perfect. I love this episode. It's so rewatchable. That's why I have it at number two. It's one of the most fun ones to rewatch. I love rewatching it. Another underrated line is, um, you probably won't, even, it's not really underrated. People are always talking about this line. You probably don't even hear it when it happens. Yeah, of course. That has to they, do with the finale. Yeah, yeah they yeah, yeah. start the season with that in mind, and that's yep. how you know Tony gets whacked in the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, There's no little, debate. That's some foreshadowing on your theory for the ending, but yeah, cool that's fair enough. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll dive into that longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I more extensively. Home, yeah, Soprano Home Movies is my number two. So I think we have the same number one. We both Holy have Funhouse at number one. Yep. We have Funhouse too. Holy it's the best episode of the show, in my opinion. I'm surprised we have the same number one because Sopranos is one of the hardest shows to pick a number one episode. And, like, we have the same one. I'm surprised mm -hmm. we have Funhouse at number one, both of us. I'm going to explain why, yeah. and we're going to see if we love it for the same reasons. I think it'll be similar, but go for it. Here's the number one reason this stands out. This is the most perfect – you talk about balance, right? Mm -hmm. This is the most perfect balance of both the psychological aspect of the Sopranos and the mob aspect of the Sopranos yeah the perfect balance and it's yeah. so well executed I think it's before we get into it we should, we should clarify just for people who aren't as nerdy as us this is the season two finale just so this is the season know, two finale the finale yep. of season two okay go for it because he gets <laughs> whacked at this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. and Tony has right. the fever dreams you're right about the balance though keep going though yeah yeah, yeah for sure Tony's fever dreams uh and um and I think this kind of happens again in the test stream they don't yeah. do as well in the test stream because in the test stream tony has dreams about 
what yeah. he's like, subconsciously worried about. It's all over the place in the test stream. Whereas this is more focused. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in season two, it's more focused. So basically, yeah. it's Tony's dreams. I won't even say it's what he's subconsciously subconsciously worried about. It's what he's like literally like yeah. worried about. This this whole thing with pussy is on his mind. Mm-hmm. He knows, but he's in denial. Yeah. And then he has like he has like this epiphany when he's in it through through these fever dreams, and then it leads him to the reality that he has to kill pussy. He knows well, he it's time to, to stop. He goes it's time to, to stop being him. in denial. Yeah, and then he yeah. goes to check on him just to be yeah. sure, and, and then he, he finds, finds the, the wire. wire. That's oh, that's such a gut punch when he finds the wire. And that scene on the boat is such like a dark. It's perfect. Like you mentioned, like long term parking is a pit in your stomach. This is a pit yeah. in your stomach, dude. Like yeah. this is just like. I think I think I had a bigger pit in my stomach when Adriana was killed. But, Fair enough. Yeah. But she doesn't deserve it. Just because Adriana's more innocent and she's been there longer, but. I think in terms of execution, this is one of the best executed death scenes in the whole show. Like yep. Pussy's death scene, it's perfect. It's perfect. The way on Probably the Probably the most. Yeah. Besides Tony's, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the ending later. Uh, but yeah, I'll just, one thing I'll add on. You're right. It's the perfect balance. For me, I, this is going to get annoying. For people, if we have any avid listeners out there, shout out to people who have listened to all of our episodes. But I say this. Thank I you. say, I say, yeah, thank you. I say unique way too much. Like I say unique probably like 10 times an episode but this is the most unique episode for me because i'm sorry i've never seen anything like this before i've never seen anything the fact that literally the premise of the episode the main character tony he's shitting his he's shitting and he's throwing up that's the entire episode he's just shitting and throwing up the entire episode because he doesn't want to kill his best friend like that's the entire premise i don't want to kill my best friend so he goes through all this shit where he shits his pants and he throws up. Like, that's it. He gets sick because he doesn't want to kill his best friend. This yeah. is perfect. Like, I've never seen that shit. And then all the dreams are perfect. You, you talked about the dreams. Yeah. Not only is it the first, I still think it's the best. It's the best at doing dreams. Yep. It really is. Yep. Yeah. And I was so fucking blown away. I'm like, I have never seen anything like this. This is mm. so well done. Well, just a little tidbit. There's like a two second, like probably the shortest dream in the whole episode they're in the car, and for some reason, the car is, like, diagonal. Oh, my God. I don't know what it is about that shot. The car that Adriana was driving? Yeah, Adriana's in the car. And, like, it's just diagonal. The whole screen's diagonal. I don't know why I love that shot. It just blows my mind every time. I'm just like, holy fuck. <laughs> and, like, Tony on the boardwalk, when he's looking through the – he's looking – what do yeah. you call that thing? The scope? Like, yeah, some sort of binocular things. I don't yeah, know what when, those are called. When he's looking through the binoculars, he looks through – and then it's like one view and then he pulls away and then he looks through again and it's a completely different view. That's yeah. so accurate. It's, it's like an, so, it's a perfect, perfect. De- depiction of an actual yeah. dream. And then the, obviously the fish thing, got to bring up the fit, like the pussy's voice and the fish. Don't talking. say it. Don't it's say just, it. Yeah. It's just perfect. Like it shows oh he's in God. denial. He's, he yeah. doesn't want to hear it. It's just such an interesting way to explore someone's headspace right like these are this is what he's thinking this is what he would dream about it literally feels like a real dream like this is what he would dream about um and think about it if we went into this episode knowing that it was like the best episode of the show it'd probably be underwhelming but the fact that i wasn't expecting it i'm like yeah in hindsight this is the best episode of my opinion that helps it for you yeah see for me like i said my top four are pretty interchangeable like they are interchangeable like sometimes soprano home movies is my favorite sometimes pine barons is my favorite Sometimes right. White Caps is my favorite, but Funhouse, I put it number one. <laughs> I say it too much, but it's the most unique episode. It's the most like quintessential. This is what makes The Sopranos great episode yep. because like you don't see this shit in any other shows. You don't see an entire episode of someone throwing up and being sick from food poisoning and having dreams and then 
killing their best friend on a boat with their buddies. And that it's just perfect. Like it's just perfect Sopranos. I was going to argue that join the club was probably like their most outlandish one, but yeah. And let's talk about the final scene where Tony's just, um, he's smoking the cigar. Oh, that shot, that shot of him with the cigar is perfect. It's so good. So good. It's so good. Slow motion, right? As he fucking takes, oh, and one thing I want to add about this montage, I think that ending montage is a masterpiece. Like I honestly do like Mm -hmm. that ending montage of Funhouse. It's like, it's kind of showing this is Tony's American dream because it's, it's, they're celebrating, right? They're all at, it's Meadows graduation, isn't it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. So they're celebrating Meadows graduation. He has all his friends in his beautiful home. They're having a good time. It's like all these slow shots. It's his dream of like enjoying time with family and friends. Yeah, but it feels it also, so somber. But it also shows the dark side. It shows all the shit the mafia does. It shows the stockbroker office. It shows uh, this guy who has a drug addiction, like the Jewish hotel that they own. It shows the gambler guy that they ruined his life. So it's like it's showing these are the awful things that are funding Tony's American dream. Like this great moment that he has with his daughter in his graduation. He's having a great time. It's all funded by all these awful things that the mob does. So like it shows the dark side of like what a mobster gets their living out of. It's just perfect. It's the perfect Mm -hmm. montage. It's my favorite montage in The Sopranos. I'm not going to say in all of television, but it's my favorite montage in The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Funhouse is, fun. fun is number one for me. Yep. And yeah. like, like I said, that's probably like why season two stands out as on top of it being like the season where it became uh, yeah. my favorite show. Also yeah. the end, it, the way it caps off the season is the best thing the Sopranos ever did in my opinion. So yeah. So that's you, you had season two at number one also, right? Yep. Yeah. So I think that's your, like I had Funhouse. I'm surprised we had the same number one, but yeah, like I had season two at number three, but I love Funhouse so much that it's my favorite episode. Yep. Okay. Holy shit. That was a really long uh, top 10 episode. It's probably our longest one. We, we had a pretty long Better Call Saul top 10, but this one's probably our longest. We really mm-hmm. got into those episodes towards the end, but since that got so crazy and so long, we should probably give a recap of our lists because I'm sure a lot of people forgot. Um, but yeah. So what was your top 10 for top 10 episodes? Yep, so I'll recap 10 to 1. Uh, at number 10, I have Whoever Did This, Season 4, Episode 9. Uh, at number 9, I have Season 6, Episode 14, uh, Soprano Home Movies. At number 8, I have Season 1, Episode 5, College. Uh, at number 7, I have Season 5, Episode 11, The Test Dream. At number 6, I have Season 5, Episode 8, Marco Polo. At number five, I have season six, episode two, Join the Club. At number four, I have the series finale, uh, Made in America. At number three, I have the season four finale, White Caps. At number two, I have Pine Barrens, uh, season three, episode 11. And then at number one, I have the season two finale, best episode of the show, in my opinion, Fun House. Yeah, good list. Um, I'll just do my top 10 and then we'll see what our similarities were. So um, at number 10, I had The Knight in White Satin Armor, Season 2, Episode 12. Uh, Number 9, From Where to Eternity, Season 2, Episode 9. Number 8, Marco Polo, Season 5, Episode 8. Number 7, Amour Fu, Season 3, Episode 12. Uh, Number 6, Long-Term Parking, Season 5, Episode 12. Number 5, College, Season 1, Episode 5. Uh, Number 4, White Caps, Season 4 Finale. Number 3, Pine Barrens, Season 3, Episode 11. Number two, Soprano Home Movies, season six, episode 13. And number one, Funhouse, uh, season two finale. So we had the same number one, obviously. But um, yeah, so how much? I think some of the ones towards, I think that's six 
out of 10 were the same. So that's yeah. uh, the ones that you have that I don't were all honorable mentions. Cause I have whoever did this as an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. I had the series finale as an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. I had the test stream as an honorable mention. And then there's one I'm forgetting that you have. <laughs> um, join the club. Join the you club. Put, like, one, I put the six. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, all four of those I had as honorable mentions. Yep. So that's, that's funny. Six out of 10 were the same. Okay. We can move on now. Yeah. Funhouse is the peak episode, but the peak moment is the final scene of the show. And we can talk about that soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We can talk about favorite characters first, or we can yeah. go. Uh, we'll we'll do top five characters now. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um. Well, I think we'll leave. I think the end of this, we'll do the ending of the show. That's the best time. Is like the end. Yeah. I think. The um, ending so of the yeah. podcast. Ending of the episode. Yep. Exactly. Ending of the whole show. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the series. Yeah. Yeah. So character rankings. Um. Do you have any honorable mentions for your top five characters, or do you want to? I didn't. I didn't add any honorable yeah. mentions, but um, off the top of my head, I'm gonna say Sill. Is definitely an honorable mention. Uh, I think he's the least annoying of all the crew. He's yep. the least toxic of the crew. I agree. The dude's a cold-blooded killer. Don't get me wrong. He'll kill anyone. He killed Aid, dude. He killed yeah, Adriana. He's the one who killed Aid. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's not this toxic dude that's always fucking creating problems. Yeah. So yeah, just go for your top five characters. Don't need to go in depth on honorable mentions. So go for it. Yep. So yep. So at number five, five, I have AJ. AJ. Holy AJ's shit. AJ Soprano is you in my AJ top five. Top, I, don't I love AJ, dude. I think it's because I watched him. Uh, I watched this show when I was the same age as him. So, so I was like, you related to him. Yeah, I related yeah. to him. I'm not, I wasn't as much of a shithead as he was, but I was like, kind <laughs> yeah. of like I can relate somehow. I was kind of like, I wasn't a troublemaker, but I wasn't like, I didn't always behave. I see I what you dead. mean. AJ is the most annoying in season five, I think. When his parents are going through that separation, he pisses me off so much in season five, but I understand <laughs> what you mean. He's relatable. And I kind of related to him. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Like, late high school, early college years. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to be in school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. That's fair. That's fair. And he went through the same thing. I, I could just kind of relate to that. Mm -hmm. And we both had parents that got divorced. Obviously, my parents are not as toxic as fucking Tony and Carmelo Soprano. But, like, in that, I, I, did, I didn't have parents who, get, who got divorced. But you did, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's how I could kind of, like, relate in, in some aspect. Yeah. That's a weird point. You had parents that got divorced. I get that. How you would relate to AJ. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a shithead like AJ, though. Like, that kid's fucking... No, I know what you mean. You have AJ at five, but that's, that's interesting to hear, man. People hate yep. AJ, but, like, there you go. You have him at number five. Cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The kid's despicable, but yeah. I love him at the same time. I do, I do enjoy He's hilarious, him. dude. He's fucking... He doesn't even try to be. He's just fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Some of his scenes are hilarious. Like, the one where he doesn't know what the fucking eavesdrops are on the roof or whatever. Like, he doesn't yeah. know what to clean or something. What the gutters are. He's just so the stupid. The gutters. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, good yeah. Show, yeah, what's the rest of your list? Uh, so at number four, I got Chrissy. I got Christopher at number four. Christopher, yep. Um, he's a piece of shit, but I love him. Yeah, uh, fair enough. At number three, I got Carm. Carmel is at three, yep. Yep, just because Edie Falco is so good. I have to put mm. her top three. Yep. Um, then number two, I got Melfi. You have Melfi at number one, two? Obviously. I'm surprised by you having Melfi at number two. We have a different top five characters. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking about putting someone from the mob in my like at number two, but I'm like, no, I don't like yeah. anyone. Like, I don't, I don't even have Melfi in my top five or in my honorable mentions, and I think it's just because she doesn't get enough focus for me. I don't know. Like, I I do enjoy her scenes when she like when she like you do see her side, like her husband and stuff like that. But for me, she's just there for the therapy scenes. <laughs> yeah, that true. That's true. We only see her aside from like a little bit in season three. We only see her when she's in that chair. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, um, but just no, her presence enough. on the show was just so strong despite that. I just yeah. have to put her top two. Like, it's a great I performance. Felt, yeah. I felt like her and Tony's relationship is maybe the strongest on the show. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, they kind of, they're not similar to Don and Peggy from Mad Men, but like, yeah. the way that Don and Peggy are like, have the strongest relationship that we kind of Don and Peggy. Yeah. yeah. Don that's and Melfi. I mean, Tony yeah. and Melfi and the Sopranos, but yeah. yeah. So Melfi two, Tony one, obviously he's the best character on yeah. the show. Yeah. Tony at one. That's one thing I will say I have. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, let's hear your top five. So oh, top honorable five, mentions first. I, I have honorable mentions. I know you just had Syl. So I also have Syl. Silvio is an honorable mention. Big mm-hmm. reason, big reason I have Silvio as an honorable mention. I think if you argued who is the most loyal to Tony, I think it's Syl. Like, I don't, I can't remember one scene in the entire show where he, thought about backstabbing him like whereas christopher does many times holly does yep. many times like everyone's thinking like fuck tony Silvio's the only guy like sure he tells tony sometimes what he thinks like he's like you're not doing season five something. finale exactly yep. exactly All he challenges him but he respects him dude. exactly he never he's very loyal he's the most loyal soldier i think Silvio. and yep. he's just so loyal to tony so i have an honorable mention uh, three more honorable mentions. I have, I have Adriana as an honorable mention. I think she's fantastic. I love Aid. In I terms love of likability, okay, yeah. let me, before you go deeper, yeah. I, mine wasn't in terms of likability. If I was going like by likability, I'd probably yeah. throw Bobby and Aid in there. Yeah, I, mine's a combination of both. It's like what I think is a great character. Like I enjoy them and like their presence is great. And then also likability. It's like a combination. I kind of so, did too, but just yeah. not as much probably. I, I so, see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I have aid as an honorable mention. And then I also have Bobby. You said Bobby too. Yeah. I just like, I like the way Bobby's role increases. Like he's, he's kind of this there in the beginning just to be funny. Like with junior, like he's great with junior. He's so funny the way junior gets pissed at him, but yep. then his role increases. He marries Janice and all that shit. It's just, he's just a very likable guy. He's dumb, but he's funny. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. his lines are fucking hilarious. He's so dumb, but he's great. Um, (laughs) And then (laughs) my last honorable mention is Ralphie, Ralphie Cifaretta. Oh, I I just enjoy him. I really enjoy his presence. Like um, there's just something about him. I hated him at the beginning. Like when he kills Tracy, I was like, fuck this guy. Like he just murdered some girl. Um, Especially Mm -hmm. one thing I love about Ralphie is it really defied my expectations because in, in season two, you have Richie, like Richie shows up. And Richie's just being annoying. And you're like, fuck this guy. He's the one causing problems. And then he dies at the end of season two. And then season three happens. And then yep. Ralphie's introduced. And Ralphie's just this guy who's causing problems. And in my head, my first watch, I was like, they're just going to do the same thing. Like, Ralphie's just going to be annoying. And then they're going to kill him at the end of season three because he's the one causing all the problems. But mm-hmm. I, I just like that they defied my expectations. Where at the beginning, you hate Ralphie. He's a piece of shit. Um, mm-hmm. when he kills that girl I just like fuck this guy but I don't know what it is but the way he the way he apologized to Tony like he he felt sincere to me like I don't know what it is like there's something about the second half of season three where I enjoyed Ralphie I was like I kind of yeah. I'm not gonna say I sympathize with him because he's a piece of shit but like I understood. he does have that honesty yeah yeah, yeah. I agree I, I agree with you yeah I think like as a mob figure he's like he he's just he's doing what he has to do you know like he's just he's like I gotta fucking be I gotta I got to be responsible for what I did. And I have to apologize to the boss of like for killing this girl. Like, and he honestly, his apology felt so sincere to me. And then season four, he just gets better and better. Like the horse shit's great. Obviously like the stuff with his son is sad when his son gets hit with the arrow. Like I actually felt bad for him. He also has great one-liners like the one where he's like something about, I was born handsome instead of rich. Like that's a great line. Like he's, he's got so many good one-liners. It's one of those characters where like his presence added a lot to the show, even though he's not that likable his presence is just fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love, like, Ralphie being around is great. 
And I think that's yep. a big reason why season three is my favorite season. I thought he was just a great, he's a great foil to Tony. Like, and he's just perfect. I love Ralphie yep. as a character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Our Adriana, Silvio, Bobby, and Ralphie. Those are my honorable mentions. Yep. So let's get to your number five. Yeah. So my top five. So five, I have Polly. You didn't have Polly in your top five, eh? Yeah. Just because he's so despicable. He is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'll yeah. agree with you. Pauly but he's hilarious. There's, he's there's, one of the... there's multiple times where Polly pissed me off. So you're right. But I just enjoy him too much that I had to put him at number five. He's too entertaining. He's so entertaining. Um, do you know how I mentioned uh, So as an honorable mention? I got to yeah. put Meadow there too. I love Meadow. Oh, Meadow. Yeah, yeah, Meadow. Yeah, she's solid. <laughs> she's kind I, of annoying. Guessing, oh, she's yeah, she's spoiled. definitely annoying. Season Don't two, get me wrong. Season two, she's the worst. Like, she's just such a spoiled high school brat. But she she's like better. that typical, like... She like, gets better. She's like that typical, like, leftist, like, college student yeah, like, like the, yeah. social, the social justice warrior who's all yeah. about like i gotta like i gotta be the the moral one in my family which like her like her her heart's in the right place but she comes off as pretty ignorant at the same time like technically she is the most educated though like she knows her shit more oh, than yeah. anyone else yeah like, like, yeah um, exactly but yeah i i, I get why you have meadows it's just in terms of life experience she's kind of ignorant and shit yeah. so she like yeah. comes off as yeah i agree though yep yeah so anyways back to my top five so i had Polly at five um like I said, really entertaining character, even though he's a piece of shit. I just love him too much because he's so entertaining. Uh, number four, I have Junior. I fucking love Junior. I, I don't know what it is about Junior Soprano, man. But, like, season one, he's just – he's an antagonist. Like, he's just the bad guy in season one. He's, but the way he transforms in seasons two, three, and four, he's just, like – he's a he's just out of house arrest. There's so many funny lines. He's just a funny fucking guy. Like, I got to add shit to our funny scenes thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about funny scenes after. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm just writing it down. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But um, Junior's just fucking hilarious. I, I, I can't believe how funny he is. Like, every fucking line he has when he's stuck in that house, he's fed up with shit. He's just hilarious. Like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him more when we do And you can sympathize season. with him when you he's like... You can sympathize with him, yeah. And, and then I like the turn he takes in seasons five and six, where not only is he just a comedic relief, they go with this whole dementia plot and the Alzheimer's, and, like, he starts to lose his mind, and, like, he's actually mentally ill and, like, all that shit, and he forgets who he is, and... Yeah, he shoots Tony. It's like it's an interesting turn, and like I like how he changes. His character changes a lot. Like first season, he's just there. He's the big bad guy. Seasons two, three, and two and three, he's kind of calm, comedic relief. Then four, he's like, there's that whole thing with his trial, and it's actually interesting. And then five, he becomes like, it's like sympathetic where you feel bad for him because he's actually becoming ill and all that shit. Um, and then season six, Mm -hmm. season six, he's just kind of in a mental home the whole time. But he's still a great character. Uh, so three, I have Christopher. Christopher is my number three. Chrissy. Yep. I had him at um, number four. Yeah, you had him at four. I, I love Chrissy. He's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to say about Christopher. He's, he's just, I'm yep. just going to say about Christopher. There's just there's so many ups and downs. Like There's so many times where you're like, fuck, I love this guy. And there's so many times where you're like, fuck this guy. And it's just like, it's a combination of you love him and you hate him. And it's just perfect. Because that's what The Sopranos is all about. You love these guys, but you hate them at the same time. And it's just perfect. Yep. So like in the first two seasons... I'm like, Tony Tony was the best character in the first two seasons, but in the first two, Chris was my favorite. I'm like, yeah, he's done some fucked up things, but I'm like, this is a pretty good guy. Like, I think he's, like, probably, like, the most moral out of all of them. I think he has the kindest heart out of all of them. Obviously, the rest of the show proved yeah, me wrong that, on that. That changes that. <laughs> yeah. But in the first two seasons, I think D-Girl was his peak. I was like, yeah, yeah. this is – I like this dude. He I he don't... wants – he has greater aspirations than just being this mobster yeah. that kills people. Yeah. He wants to do something with his life. Yeah. He wants to, like – Did yep. you have – did you have D – I can't remember. Did you have D-Girl in your top ten? 
it was an honorable mention. It's at yeah. my number eleven. It was it was an honorable mention for me, and like it's right outside my top ten. It's my number eleven. It was an honorable mention for me too. Yeah, and I don't understand why people hate it because I love that aspect of Chris. That like he has this aspiration to be in Hollywood, like a writer. Standard, yeah, like he wants to be a Hollywood guy, like write about mob guys. It's just and he's kind of relatable, like for us too. Like we don't want to be writers, but like we're interested. Yeah. In, like, we're interested in film. Industry. Like I studied film, and like you're yeah. trying to. Yeah, so like it's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So my top two. I have Carmela at number two. That might be a controversial opinion. You wait. Not really. Car- yeah, she's in my top three. She's, she's your- probably in my number two, actually. It's between her and Melfi. Best yeah. female characters on the show, easily. That's, I was going to say, though, like, it seems like we're in agreement, but we're actually not in the majority. Like, I don't know if you know, when I finished The Sopranos, I was obsessed with Carmela. I was like, she's hands down the second best character on this show. Like, I, I was, she's a fascinating female character. She's the Talk- second best. I yeah. had Melfi above her, but Carmela's a better character, easily. No. No, but what I was going to say is that I was pretty shocked when I found out a lot of people hate this girl. Like, they fucking hate her. Like, they think she's a piece of shit. And I'm just like, what? Like, Dude, why do people hate Carmella? Like, it makes no sense to me. It's not, similar to the Skylar White hate, but, like, I, I agree with the Skylar White hate more in Breaking Bad because, like, Skylar is annoying. But, like, Carmella is so fascinating. Like, her moral dilemmas are so interesting. Like, Not to get opinion. political, but, like, dude, a majority of the Sopranos fan basically are, like, super far right misogynistic i i can understand what you mean by misogynistic yeah, yeah like yeah and but like dude they're like hardcore conservatives like hardcore like dude they i wouldn't just, say i wouldn't say the majority of the fan base but i i would say as far right. as twitter goes i've seen like the people that follow the sopranos uh fan page on twitter like dude they're all just fucking insane yeah i don't understand why people hate Carmel. i really don't i think she's a fascinating she's my second favorite female character of all time behind kim wexler from better call Saul. like like mm-hmm. I, I fucking love carmella i think she's like, people don't like her scenes in her story. She's in my top five female characters, yeah. easily. Yeah, like, I don't understand how people don't, they lose interest when it's, like, focused on Carmen. Like, I think she's fascinating. Just the way she's I into not, she, like, obviously she's flawed. Like, no shit, she's a hypocrite. But, like, that doesn't make her a shitty character. Like, she's a great character. The way yep. she interacts with, like, the way she deals with her denial. Because, like, it feels like she's in denial about what her husband does. and like Her inner she, conflicts are so good. Exactly. And, like, it's so interesting. The dynamic of, like, the way she, obviously she's kind of, like selfish and she enjoys all the money that she gets like because like tony that really came shit. out in season four yeah her, her plot four. with furio you yeah. see so much of Carm's in her conflicts mm. like when she's dancing with uh, i think it's the episode where she dances with furio yeah yeah there's yeah, a lot they episode. focus a lot on carmel that episode i don't remember yeah. specifically what happens oh, but yeah well, well when we get into scenes i'll go more into carmela but she's my second okay. favorite character and then tony's number one obviously like yep anyone who doesn't think tony soprano's the best character i'm sorry like it's the same Fuck thing off. With, same thing with Breaking Bad. Like, if you don't think Walter White's the best character, see ya. Like, have a good day. Bye. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we're dicks. But I don't know. Uh, like, if you're going likability, I understand if someone says my favorite is, like, Junior, Chris, or Car- whatever the fuck. But, like, if you don't think he's the best character, you're wrong. Like, totally. Even in terms All of, of likability, I like him the most. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... Yeah, I agree in, with you. In terms of in terms of likability, I wouldn't get mad at someone if they're like right. they like Tony. But like I understand in, why they dislike him. Yeah. Yep. In terms of quality, he's the best character. Like it's all about him. Like it's the same thing with Walter White, yep. where it's like it's all about Walter White. So yeah, Tony Soprano's the best character. He's my number one as well. Um just, yep. just the best character of all time in all of television. Like that's all yep. I have to say. Like, the greatest actor the greatest performance in T V history, the greatest uh character in T V history. Yep. Yep, that's a real person. Like, it's Rip. insane. Like, I Rip. honestly feel like Tony's living somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, like, he's out there. Like, he's just living his life. That's real. this guy feels like. It's not, it's not a fake performance. It's a real person. That's how I think of it. Like, which is mm-hmm. fucking sad, but it's also great. 
Um, it's it's crazy how many times that people said, yeah, Tony's going to die of a fucking heart attack if he keeps eating like that. Yeah. They've said that multiple times in the show. And yeah, I noticed that during... Dude, we should have a little tribute to James Gandolfini, man. I'm so sad he passed away, man. It makes yeah. me so sad. Like I, I had was... no idea who he was when it Same. happened. You know what's crazy to me is when that happened, I remember hearing about it on the news. And I was like 15 or 16 when he died. And like, I had never seen The Sopranos. I was like, oh, some actor died. That sucks. And then fucking seven years later, like seven years after he died, it's one of the most tragic celebrity deaths I've ever like, yep. experienced. Like when I finished The Sopranos, I was so excited to like, see all these interviews and like learn about what these actors thought and like i don't get to see anything of james gandolfini's it's so did you not know that he died until you finished i knew he died i knew he died Uh, oh yeah the whole way through i knew he died but like it's just sad that when i finished the show it impacted me so much because i would love to hear his perspective on like what it was like for him but like he passed away so young it's so sad i can't remember if it was you that told me this but is it the cast none of the cast would rewatch the sopranos because they were so sad about I told you that because James Gandolfini on screen. Yeah, like a lot of the cast couldn't couldn't watch the show because it, it's too heavy for them to see James have such a big role and like he's gone out of their lives. Like they were obviously so close to him. Like that's how you know he that that dude was such a yeah an awesome every, person. Every time you see people talk about him, it's just how good of a guy he was and how great he was. And one thing I love is they always talk about how humble he was. Like he had no clue how good he was, and that just makes me like him even more. Like he didn't realize that he was putting on one of the best performances of all time in anything like in, in film or TV. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Like it's, it's insane how good he is in the Sopranos. Like he's a real person. That's what's fucked. Like he created Tony Soprano as a real person. He's probably like the best actor that I've seen. Yeah. Like we're young and we can say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Take that with, take my opinion with a grain of salt. Cause I haven't yeah. seen like every famous yeah, we, actor. We haven't seen movie. all the classics and shit. Well, like, yeah, we, we, but from what I've seen, he's up there for me too. I, I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough characters. Yeah, so before, before we go into um, more character talk, I just want to mention a couple minor characters I really like. Um, I really like Rosalie April, Ro. Like, I think she's the best mob wife in the whole show. Easily. Ro is yeah. the best mob wife. Ro Hands is the best, best mob wife. She has so many good one-liners. Oh, I wish I could remember them, but she has a and lot of And she's so cool. She's so she's, cool. Yeah, she's just so loyal to the mob. Like, literally all of her mob husbands, they all die, but she still fucking hangs out with all the mob wives. And like, her son. The season yeah, her, three finale wrecked me when. Like, yeah, Jackie her, Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She's just a great character. And she's her friendship with Carm and like the way Ro talks, the way she gets pissed at people. She's just a badass. I fucking love Ro. She's the best mob wife in the show. Um, and then Hesh. I have Hesh. I'm Jewish. I can say that, but I love Hesh. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, just his, his relationship with Tony is funny. One of my favorite lines, I, I talked about how much I love Junior. As uh, Junior, when he's talking to Hesh in season one, one of my favorite lines, he goes, Hold on to your cocks when you negotiate with these desert people. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's one of my favorite junior lines. <laughs> these desert people. <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> we'll go into favorite lines and funny moments later. But um, okay. uh, and then lastly, minor character. So I have Ro Hesh. Also Lil Carmine. I like Carmine Jr. I don't know why. I just I remember like my first watch I got confused with all the Carmines. I'm like, yeah, who the fuck little, is Carmine, dude? It's, it's it's the young it's the son of Carmine. So <laughs> yeah, he, the black he has black hair. Yeah, Ray Abruso is the actor. He's pretty famous. Um I don't I don't like him at first, but he grows on me. Like the more I watch him, the more I enjoy him. There's no reason to hate him, bro. Like exactly. I don't have a problem with him. Oh yeah. Lastly, Johnny Sack. I like Johnny Sack too. Johnny Sack's great. Yep. Like I, I mean he's a piece of shit during that season about the weight like he wants fucking ralphie killed over a weight joke that's stupid but like in general i enjoy him he's just fun to watch i like him the best line by johnny sack and the most intimidating has ever been 
I will rain a shitstorm down on your on your family like you have never seen before. Yeah. yeah. That's when I knew shit was gonna pop off. I'm like, yeah. everyone's gonna get wet. I think that was season five. Yeah, that's a great line. And I'm also, like, everyone's gonna get whacked. I yeah. was so nervous. Not another good Johnny Sack line when he goes, um, what's this, the fucking UN now? <laughs> <laughs> when he's mad about his wife, the weight jokes. Yeah, great. Uh okay, so we're gonna go. So now that we've done characters and minor characters... I can't wait quick, for favorite scenes. I cannot yeah. wait for favorite scenes, dude. Holy so shit. So b- before we get to favorite scenes, though, quick, quickly, I want to talk about villains because it's hard to put, like, antagonists in your top five characters, but there are so many good villains on The Sopranos. So the main four villains, we have... You got Livia in season one. You have uh, Richie in season two. You have Ralphie, and then you have Phil Leotardo at the end. So yep. if you had to rank those four villains, how would you rank those four villains? It wouldn't surprise me if we had the exact same ranking, but I'm going to go. Uh, Livia is number one, hands down for me. Uh, really? Ralphie is number two. Richie, number three. And uh, Phil, number four. I have a feeling you're going to have Ralphie at number one, actually. Yeah, that's similar to mine. But I have Ralphie at one, Richie at two, Livia at three, Phil. Oh, at shit. Yeah. So we, we, have, we both have Phil at last, but I just have Ralphie at one. I had Livia at three. You had Livia at one, eh? Okay, so I don't know what your uh, criteria was for, like, how you decided to rank them. Because when I think of, like, the best villains, I think of how they affect the story and how they mainly affect Tony. Because, like, that's the purpose of the villain. So that's, why, they... you have, that's why you have Livia at number one. Because she affects Tony the most? That's yep. fair. How they yeah. rival Tony. And when I think of Livia, like, she clearly had the biggest... She is the sole reason for why Tony is so toxic. Throughout the entire show, we see Tony's toxic personality. The whole reason for that personality is because of Livia. So, like... Yeah, that's fair. But in terms um, of likability, I understand Ralphie yeah. is clearly the more enjoyable character to watch. Yeah. Livia makes you want to punch a baby is the thing. So, like... <laughs> yeah. Livia yeah, is so infuriating, yeah. But um, for me, I my rankings are just, like, who do I enjoy watching the most? And, like, Ralphie's hands down my favorite antagonist he's just and richie and richie and richie are above libya in yeah. terms of that that's, that's why i have richie at number two yeah it's like the presence of ralphie and richie they just add so much tension they also add so much humor especially ralphie richie's not quite as <laughs> richie's just more scary whereas ralphie's just you're enjoyable. flexing yeah yeah you're flexing he's <laughs> like i'm gonna build a ramp up his ass or whatever he <laughs> says yeah. he was he was the most evil out of them i think yeah, he's the most intimidating i'd say like he's fucking scary man richie april yeah. Um, but Ralphie's just fucking so enjoyable. We haven't even mentioned his gladiator obsession. He's a close number two to Livia. He's a yeah. close number two. Like his gladiator obsession. How great is that? The way he loves gladiators. It's so random. I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, and that's a he's swinging that the chain. Out. Yeah, I love how it just like adds to more. I love how the, we haven't even talked about the pop culture references. I love how how many good pop culture references there are in this show. That's what makes it feel so yep. real is they talk about actual movies that came out during this time. David right? Chase, that's how you know David Chase loves the movie industry. Yeah, like Gladiator it. came out when season three came out. That's why they talked about it in season oh, three. Oh, shit, Ralphie. I didn't know that. That's, that's why Ralphie's so obsessed with Gladiator. It came out when season three was really, it was like 2000 or 2001. So like, that's why, and like his obsession's hilarious. And then also like all the Godfather references are great. All the Goodfellas references. They talk about all these movies and it's just so enjoyable. All these mobster yeah. movies that yeah. inspired The Sopranos. Yeah. Even though we, we both have Phil Leotardo at last day eh, for villains, but I still yep. love Phil. I think he has some great one-liners. He's great. Like, yep. He was just the least compelling to me. Yeah. He's uh, just not quite as dynamic as the other three, but like he's great. Livia, I love because she affects the story. Ralphie and Richie, I love because they have such a great personality. In both of those aspects, Phil doesn't compare. Yeah. 
They he always, doesn't have the personality or the impact to compare. Yeah, I agree. He kind of comes in later, but but one reason I love him is he he has great one-liners, man. Like he has some good one where he's just like he fucking he's always like I did fucking twenty years like <laughs> in prison. Like he always brings that up and like no more always, Yeah, and he always talks about uh, Blundetto killing his brother. He's always like that fucking animal Blundetto. Like I can hear Blundetto. I can hear him saying Blundetto right now. Exactly. Like, he's still <laughs> he's still an enjoyable villain, but he's just not quite as good as those other three, in my opinion. But yeah, that, that's. A good have thought. you heard the theories about that Phil is gay, and that that's like the whole reason he hates uh, Vito because he has like all this repressed homosexuality. <laughs> I had no clue about that. That's hilarious. I've heard some pretty good theories about that. One pretty thing I theories. love about that though is um the way when Vito dies, Phil comes out of the closet. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> that's the main reason that people think that. That's how the theory yeah. started. I love that. That Phil comes out of a closet when he kills Vito. It's that perfect. was ba- that was basically David Chase confirming. Yeah, this dude has a lot of suppressed homosexuality that's why he hates all these gay people yeah yeah okay let's go on to scenes top five scenes this should be a lot of fun um well, we might get a little repetitive here and there but maybe not um so yeah what, what do you have for your top five scenes yeah so i'm not going to list these in any particular order these are just my five favorite yeah. scenes yeah i'll do the same thing yeah um this could kind of count as a comedy scene but overall i think it's a pretty like serious scene um yeah. i thought christopher's intervention um definitely a top five scene for me i just thought the entire cast it, it was one of the few scenes that had like the entire cast in mm-hmm. it and um they were just all really good it was like a really good balance of like humor and serious drama um yeah, yeah. obviously uh silvio's disgusting line that was yeah. a re- some really good yeah. humor yeah good stuff. But, at the, but at the same time we really care about uh chris as a character definitely a top five for me mm-hmm. What else? The ending scene of Proshai Lavushka. Obviously, that's another scene uh, that has some comedy in it, but overall, I would say it's a serious scene. Like um, the funeral scene when they're all talking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah in the house. Because um, Janice uh, gets everyone in Tony's living room and they want, and she wants everyone to say something nice about Livia. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing really nice to say about Livia. So it's just yeah. a really awkward scene. Yeah. That's a good and, Carmella moment. Yeah. When she just shuns everyone. <laughs> yep. And then the comedy from that scene is uh, Chris and Abe just sitting on the couch high as hell. And Chris yeah. goes to this tangent about – Yeah, I briefly how, mentioned that. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned this earlier when we brought up this episode. But how yeah, he, yeah. He, he brings up <laughs> how there's like – he wonders if there's like someone that's exactly like you in the world. Yeah, and it's just like, like clones and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. He just goes on this rant. It's just hilarious. Um, the ending of Join the Club uh, – Right. You mentioned the, that also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I also when mentioned he's, this is that when he's alone in the hotel room? Oh, yeah, when Tony's yeah. sitting on the bed. Um, it's a good moment, me, yeah. Yep, that's probably like the most emotional moment in the series for me. That de- that one has definitely always stood out as one of my favorites. I didn't even have, that was a no-brainer for me when uh, thinking about those top five. And then uh, uh, my favorite scene in the series is uh, the ending scene of the entire show. Series finale, yeah. Yeah, at Holston's. Um, I think yeah. that's the most well-edited, uh, just well-executed scene in the entire show. Yeah, and we'll go into interpretation of that at the end. Yep. Like, that's yep. something we've been saving for the end. We've mentioned a few times, so that'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. And then my fifth is uh, evidently Chicken Town, um, when uh, Chris's kid is getting baptized, and it's like the montage over Tony's family. Um, 6B, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in 6B, right after uh, Phil, um, he basically said he's fed up, and he's going to, like, tell yeah. everyone in tony's family so yeah that's a good moment yeah that's good good to have that since you had six b so high <laughs> yep um yeah so that, that's all yours yep that's my top five okay yeah so my top five scenes so this might get a little repetitive just because i 
mentioned quite a few of these in my top 10 episodes, but I have uh, the Whitecaps argument uh, in the pool house. So just Edie Falco's delivery of that line when she confesses about Furio is so satisfying. Like Tony's reaction, he punches the wall. For me, it's just it's some of the best writing and best acting in the whole show. So I have that in my top five. Uh, really heavy scene too. Then um, I also have Christopher's intervention. So that's the same as you. Mm, so we both nice. have that in our top five scenes. Like you yep. said, I, I'd argue it's like 99% funny like i don't think it's that heavy to be honest like like yeah. i think there's there's other moments where like chris's drug addiction is heavy but i think it's just pure comedy gold and it's just the comedy is so good that it also makes top five scenes for me like and i think part of it is like every yeah. character every single character has a good moment in that scene like that's what's so impressive about it it's like it's just it's like the whole cast is mm -hmm. in sync and it's just a perfect like this is what a mobster intervention would be like. They, they, they'd all be pieces of shit, and yep. they just get pissed at each other, and it's just perfect. I, I think I'll talk more about that yep. when we do funny scenes because there's some there's <laughs> part there's parts of that scene that I could break down. Like there's 10, 20 lines in that episode in that scene that are hilarious. Um, so yeah, Chris's intervention. I have the Tony and Bobby Monopoly fight. I kind of talked about that when I had Soprano home movies, so don't need to go mm -hmm. in depth there. I have that in my top five. I also talked about this. I have the 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 final scene of Funhouse, the montage at the end of season two. That's in my top five scenes. I love that montage. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm kind of cheating here, but <laughs> in my top five scenes, I also have a tie between two therapy scenes. So one of them I already mentioned, it's from Where of Eternity, his We're Soldiers monologue. That's that's a tie for top mm -hmm. five scenes. My, my other favorite therapy scene that I haven't mentioned is in season five. And it's the one where, um, it's the one where he has a panic attack because he realizes that he, he confesses to, to Melfi that Tony B going to prison that night, he had a panic attack. And I think it's a perfect twist. Cause like The Sopranos doesn't really do twists that much. Like it's more about the characters and it's not about like shocking you, but that's one of those twists mm -hmm. that they execute so well. And it makes perfect sense. Like it makes perfect sense that the reason Tony, like it comes from his childhood really like that panic attack and that his mother is the reason he had a panic attack. And it happened the same night his cousin went to prison. And it's just a perfect twist. And his acting is incredible. He goes through a panic attack in the therapy room. Like James Gandolfini, one of his best scenes in the whole show, for sure. Um, yep. So those are my two favorite therapy scenes. The one I just said, and then also the one from, from Where to Eternity, the whole We're Soldiers monologue from season two. So those two therapy scenes are in my top five scenes. So technically that's six scenes, but <laughs> I had still, one that's two therapy scenes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Still a good top six. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any honorable mentions you want to mention or not? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, no I worries. Could, There's there probably have way too many on. Yeah, this, this is this way is, too long. This is flashbacks to Better Golf Saul, where I went overboard with my fanboying, but we're doing that again because the Sopranos is that good. So yeah. here's just I'm just gonna list a shit ton of sh scenes that these are scenes I considered for my top five that were in consideration. Uh, mm -hmm. So Tony grabs the pillow and confronts Livia after her stroke in season one finale. Uh, the the final scene in season one, the one where he does the toast to the little moments. Yep. That was in consideration. The ending of D-Girl, I talked about that in my honorable mentions for episodes. The ending of D-Girl where it's pussy crying in the bathroom and Chris outside and then he goes back in to, to be loyal to Tony. Uh, this is one scene I haven't talked about. This is when in season two, uh, Tony's drunk and then Meadow comes in late at night. Um, and then Tony says, you know, I love you. Like he's trying to get to Meadow, mm -hmm. like making sure because he feels bad about he didn't show up at AJ's pool thing, whatever, like his little race. And then Meadow has a really good line. Sometimes we're all hypocrites. And I think that, that, honestly, that sums up the show. Like, that's one of the deeper moments. Because, like, you, you sympathize with Tony in that scene. Because, like, he just loves his kids. Like, he genuinely loves his kids. And you mm -hmm. feel for him. And then yep. Meadow sums up the whole show that everyone's a hypocrite on this show. Like, so it's just a really good deep moment. Um, Pussy's death scene it was in consideration. We talked about that. Right. 
uh, this is one I want to go a little more in depth on Carmelo with the Jewish therapist in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like one of the few moments where someone just tells, tells you straight up how it is. Like, cause we're kind of, we, we care about these characters so much and we like them so much. And we, we like Carmela. Like I liked her at that point. I thought she was a good person at that point, just because mm-hmm. of how, how good of a mother she is. But then the therapist just puts you, puts it into perspective. He's just like, just leave him. Like Carmela's all concerned about her husband doing all horrible things. He's like, just leave him. And he won't even take her money. He calls it blood money. And it's like, that's what an actual honorable person would do. And like none of the characters in the show are honorable, right? They're all mm-hmm. tied to the mob somehow, even Carmela, even though she's more innocent, she's very, hypocritical right because she's like trying to act like she's she knows what's yep. good but she doesn't know what's good because she's, turns she's a blind still, eye. exactly she, she's in denial about it turns a blind eye exactly i'm talking a little too much but who cares i love the show yeah um, <laughs> i'm sure I, the viewers will mind yeah exactly who's ever listen, still listening at this point yeah if anyone's still <laughs> listening you're 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 a beauty i love you um, <laughs> tony and gloria's fight in amurfu i have that i mentioned that in my top 10 uh, episodes. That's one of my favorite scenes. When that fight in Amurfu, one of the most intense moments in the whole show. Mm-hmm. I have Ralphie and Tony's fight, and whoever did this, Ralphie's death. Incredible fight scene. Uh, this is one I haven't talked that much about. This is Tony and Junior in season five. The ending scene when Junior sa- or Tony says, "Don't you love me?" And that actually comes in the same episode. Of it's actually a funny episode because the, the big, the one line that everyone quotes, that's like everyone talks about, is the varsity athlete shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, like everyone talks about that. So I just like how. That episode's mostly funny because you have Junior just like, your father never had the makings of a varsity athlete pissing Tony off. It's hilarious. But then it has a really emotional ending scene. Like that ending scene when Tony's like, don't you love me? Like that's in the same episode. So another episode, really good balance of comedy and drama. And then my last honorable mention for scenes, I'm going, I'm talking for a lot here, um, is Adriana and Christopher's fight in long-term parking when he strangles her. Just yep. Michael Imperioli's best acting in the whole show. That's a yep. shit ton of uh, scenes, but yeah, this show is fucking great. <laughs> yep. So what was that like top fifteen? Yeah, that was for scenes. Yeah, Probably. like how many? Yeah, that was ten honorable mentions. You nailed it. You said fifteen. <laughs> I completely guessed. <laughs> yeah, you totally guessed. I didn't even know how many it was. That's I just named fifteen scenes. Holy shit. Uh, okay. That's how good this show is. When I had to do top five, I was like, I can't leave out these ten scenes. Yeah, I feel uh, you. Yeah. Uh, if I would have done honorable mentions, I would have gone for even longer. That's why you yeah, said that. Yeah, yeah. I think you were smarter there. You're just like being more respectful to the viewers. Let's move on. Kind of thing. And, I, and I'm just like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> no, you guys got to hear this. Yeah, you guys got to hear all these good scenes. I don't care. Uh, okay, criticisms. Do you have any criticisms like that you want to mention? Because we've done a um, few minor ones. It was hard to do for Breaking Bad, but like if you have any criticisms. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, The Sopranos isn't like a flawless show. No show truly is flawless. But at the same time, um, off the top of my head, I don't have any like uh, any real criticisms um i thought uh some things and i can't even think specifically there were some things that were a little cartoonish every once in a while yeah but i think it, you mentioned earlier season one there was some yeah. cartoonish things in season one yeah. and there was uh, there was other moments like that too but in the grand scheme of things i don't think um i wouldn't say as a whole that's a criticism i have with the show really um it's yeah. pretty insignificant compared to um how great the show is as a yeah. whole you um, want you want to be more respectful of the show <laughs> Fair yeah enough. it is your favorite yeah. of all time all hell david chase yeah all hell david chase fair one more thing uh again i'm this is pretty vague because i can't think of a specific moment but i i just know there are moments where um there's some plots that feel inconsequential like they just amount to nothing yeah um, yeah but that d- yeah like i said that in the grand scheme of things um it's not too big of a deal um it was never like a huge issue with me it didn't affect my viewing experience too much those are just like small nitpick yeah. 
moments that I can yep. think of. Yeah, fair enough. So for me, it's also my favorite show of all time. So I'm not going to like criticize big things or anything. It's just small, small, small things being mm-hmm. nitpicky. Um, so I, I mentioned this briefly already, the veto stuff in season 6A. Um, yep. I, that, I think that's an example of what you just said, like certain things getting stretched out. Like, yep. so yeah, that, that are inconsequential, right? Like, so that's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if that's inconsequential. Maybe it does a have little, a payoff. Yeah, but I'm being a little, that... I'm being a little too harsh there. It's not inconsequential, but I think what it is, is I hear a lot of people say when they bring up the Sopranos, some people don't like, they, they, some people say there's too much filler. And I think the veto plot is probably the only time in the whole show where I would agree with that. It's the only mm-hmm. time in the whole show where I would agree there's a little too much filler with veto. It's just slightly too dragged out. Um, yep. And then I already brought this up, but I'm not going to say it again. It's Bobby buying trains in the Blue Comet. <laughs> it's just yeah. an annoying nitpick that I have. I mean, it's still a great episode. And his death scene is still great. Like, it's so well made, that, that death scene. Like, the way the trains, the way it's edited with the trains and shit. It's a and great all the people death. are, like, panicking. Yeah, it's a great death scene. But it's just, it still pisses me off, that little nitpick of, like, should, they should be smarter. He shouldn't just be chilling in a store. I, I already said that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I have a really minor nitpick where certain side characters can get kind of annoying when they get more focused. For me, this is Polly. Like, I had Polly in my top five characters, and I love Polly. But I think when he gets too much focus, he feels a little too cartoonish. Like, there's that one episode, I think it's season 6A, I believe, when he finds out that his mom was actually his aunt, um, mm-hmm. and then he gets mad. And, like, I think there's just too much Polly in that one. Like, he's just better as a side character, and they give him a lot of focus, and he just feels a little cartoonish sometimes when, he, when he's, like, the main character of an episode. He yep. feels a little over the top. But I guess that's kind of a nitpick because when he gets a lot of focus and fine barons, he's great. So a lot of yeah. the, he's he's hit or miss is what I'm trying to say. Like he's hit mm-hmm. or miss. Um, but I still love him. Obviously, he's in my top five characters. Yeah, that's all I have for criticisms. Okay, yep. so time to do the fun shit. We're gonna do funny scenes. We'll funny see how, scenes. See how long this funny scenes section lasts because we we did funny scenes for the other shows, but this one's gonna be long as fuck because the Sopranos is hilarious. This um, one was really difficult to narrow down for me, too. Um, yeah. I don't have any honorable mentions, so there's obviously a shit ton of other ones out there that I could add. Yeah, yeah. just, just I, list funny scenes. Go for it, and we'll just talk so, about how funny they Some are. funny scenes. Um, Chris's intervention, um, yeah. but specifically Silvio's disgusting yeah, yeah. line is the funniest part of yeah. the intervention the fact, for me. The fact that Silvio yeah. wrote that down is what's so funny. Like, he had to write that yeah. down. Like, all he says was like, And he's completely your, serious. Yeah, your head was in the toilet water. Disgusting. The way he says disgusting is so funny. Yeah. I walked into the bathroom. Your hair was in the toilet water. Disgusting. Yeah, like, he had to write that down. <laughs> he's just so blunt about it. And he's just done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, said, I piece said, Chrissy. I yeah. said my piece Chrissy. I was about to say that. Wait, sorry. One more thing, because I have Christopher's intervention, too. We can just talk about funny scenes at the same time. One thing I really love about that scene is a really subtle touch. It's when uh, when they find out that Chris killed Aid's dog, and then Tony gets all pissed. And then, and then Polly goes, what, was it barking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, was like it barking or something? Like, like you're a so little, psychopath. That's how yeah, they a dog. It's a little subtle touch where it's like, Polly's like, yeah, I would kill a dog if it was barking. Like, he's, like, curious. Did he do it because it was barking? Like, it's just a little touch that I love. Like, it's so good. Also, uh, slightly unrelated to the comedy of that scene, uh, there was, I think there was, I don't know if it was intended, but there was a little nice foreshadowing there, regardless if it was on purpose or not. Uh, right. Tony goes, I ought to suffocate you, you little prick. Right. And later on, he actually suffocates Chris to death. That's a good point. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so many good lines. I could literally talk about that scene for 10 minutes. I think, honestly, on my first watch, my first time I watched that episode, I mm-hmm. literally rewound to watch that scene again. Like during my yeah. first watch, just because of on my first watch, I was just dying of laughter. I was like, that was amazing. I have to watch that again during the episode. Like I literally yeah. rewound to watch it again. 
It's just so funny. And also, it's we so haven't good. even talked about when he says, fuck you, you fucking whore, to his yeah. mom. And yep. then Sylvia just punches him in the face. It's him so and Polly just jump. Yeah, sorry, it's Polly who jumps him. Yeah, and then still comes over. Yeah, it's so funny. And so comes over, starts kicking him and shit, yeah. I think. Well, also, one more thing that's hilarious is Aid, when she brings up that he's Christopher is bad in bed in Polly's face. Oh, my own. Whatever the fuck they say. I think I may have mentioned this earlier during the favorite episodes, uh, but when Chris was uh, super high and whoever did this season four, episode nine, and he said, yeah. I did, didn't. You did mention that. Yeah. That's a good yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one is just fucking, that's like one of the best line deliveries in the entire show. Yeah. He, yeah. Chris, Michael Imperioli is so good in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, another season four one. Oh man. Season four must be the funniest season. Apparently. Yeah, season four is uh, hilarious. Ralphie prank calls Polly's mom. Yeah, we briefly mentioned that too. That's so funny. <laughs> we small we found a small rodent in the rectal passage, ma'am. A yeah. rodent, ma'am. I was just fucking dying. It's yeah. funny because when I was watching my brother, um, he was more pissed. He has a sense of humor, but he was actually it's funny how he interpreted it. He was actually pissed during that scene. He's like, fuck Ralphie, dude. It's so cruel. Guy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's like that's just the two sides of the Sopranos. That's how good it is. It's all about what you get out of it, right? Like people yeah. People would just be pissed sometimes, and it's like, but sometimes it's just too funny. Like, you don't yep. care. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I I just knew who Ralphie. I wasn't surprised by Ralphie by anything he did after we killed Tracy. So like, yeah, you just enjoy him even though he's a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that line is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awful, but it's just like one of the funniest moments in the show. Yeah, that's good shit. Um. Oh. Um. I think this. Uh. I I don't recall the specific episode, but they're at the Bing in season three. I think it is. And uh, Polly, this is back when Polly's still like pretty likable. He's he's just now starting to become like a piece of shit, but he's still kind of likable at the time. Uh, he looks at Vito and Bobby. He's like, it's like a fucking ad for a weight loss commercial before and way before. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that seems fucking hilarious. Um, uh, season two, episode six, when uh, <laughs> Tony has uh, Matthew Bevilacqua. Yeah. Or maybe it's his friend. Oh, yeah, no, it is Matthew. Um, he has uh, Matthew clean up the cheese under Sil's feet. Sil goes off. That's great. <laughs> I like motherfucking socks in your sister's crotch or whatever the fuck he <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I stuff provolone in my socks. Yeah. To something, to, so it, it smells like your sister's, sister's crotch in the morning or something. Yeah, that's yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that scene was fucking alert. And Tony's just sitting over there dying because he yeah. knew Sil was going to get pissed. Sil was already in a bad mood because uh, he was having uh, a rough time gambling. He wasn't doing too well, apparently. Yeah, yeah. They even and, warned uh, him. They warned people. I forget who they warned about it. They say, like, Sil is an a- Chris, I think Chris warns them. He's like, Silvio gets, he's crazy when he's gambling. Like, be careful. And then Tony yeah. tells him to go over. Like, Tony does that on purpose, dude. It's hey, funny. He's yeah. like, yeah, go clean that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great shit. Uh, <laughs> then, like, a, two minutes later, he's like, cheese fuck, give me a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely top five. Yeah, those are your funny scenes? Yeah, those are my five okay. funny scenes. I have more than five, because I'm cheating, and I don't care. Um, so, we already, talk, we already talked about Chris's intervention. That's hands down the funniest scene for me. That's actactually number one. The rest of them, oh, aren't, nice. the rest of them aren't ranked. It's just, these are funny scenes. So, this mm-hmm. is a funny one. It's kind of subtle. It's uh, in season four, Junior grilling the sketch artist. 
<laughs> do you remember? You don't remember uh, that, eh? No, I do remember. I just oh, don't yeah, remember yeah. the line he said. What was, well, no, like, there's no line. He just grills him. Like, so basically, they show a sketch of Junior on TV. And Junior's uh, like, yeah. what kind of fucking likeness is that? And then the next scene <laughs> yep. in that episode, he's in court. And he just looks at the sketch artist and he just grills yep. him. It's so funny. <laughs> it's a look yep. on Junior's face. That's just such a great Junior moment. It just shows how petty he is. He's like, yep. fuck, like, what a shitty yep. sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then, oh, another probably- really... He'd probably kill that guy in that situation if he could. Oh, he probably wa- he wants to. <laughs> and then really another funny subtle junior moment. Like I, I had junior in my top five characters. He's so funny. Um, this one's kind of subtle. It's um, season three finale at Jackie Jr.'s funeral. Um, they're at Jackie Jr.'s funeral. He shows up with Bobby, and then Bobby's like, Junior, look, and the cops are there. And then Junior just runs away. <laughs> the way he runs away is just hilarious. He just like he just turns around and runs and drives away and ditches Bobby. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way his body language is done during that scene is hilarious. Um, obviously, the interior decorator mix-up, we already mentioned that in Pine yep. Barrens. That's hilarious. Mix I would have mentioned the, it, but it's been yeah, mentioned so many yeah. times. Mix I it with the relish. That's in Pine Barrens as well. Good shit. Uh, drunk Carmella in uh, Soprano Home Movies. That's in there for me. Like, just <laughs> how drunk she is. And also, Tony singing Under the Boardwalk <laughs> about how Janice is like that. The, before the fight, I already talked about that, but that's in there. Um, Another thing that in the same episode as the Chris intervention, when he's like talking about how the dog, it must have crawled under there for warmth when he's trying to tell Adriana what happened. <laughs> Just the fact that he thinks he can pull off that lie is hilarious to me. Um, this he's, is a big he tried one. to be so convincing. He tries to be so convincing. This is, this is a big one that I just remembered. AJ, no eyebrows. Do you remember that? Yeah. And Tony doesn't know what's wrong with him. He's like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> and Carmela's just like, he's got no eyebrows. <laughs> he's got no eyebrows, Tony. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it couldn't be any more obvious. He's like, what's wrong yeah. with you? What's different about you? Yeah, hilarious scene right there. Um, okay, last two. Uh, sorry, last three. So <laughs> these are some therapy stuff, therapy stuff that's hilarious. Like, even though the therapy scenes are usually deep, they're, they're funny too. So Carmela and Tony's first therapy session together. There's a line that absolutely kills me. It's when um, Melfi is like, you guys, you guys seem very angry. And then Tony just goes, you must have been at the top of your fucking class. <laughs> it's just such a good sarcastic yeah, line. That that's I love. a really good line. Yeah. Because also Carmela's funny. She's like, uh, maybe it's the fact that you can stick your dick in anything that has a pulse. Like maybe that's yeah. a root cause. <laughs> and, then, yep. and, then, and then that's when Melfi's like, uh, you guys seem very angry. You must have been at the top of your fucking class. It's just back great, to back bangers. Just, their banter is incredible <laughs> in that in that scene. It's so good. Um, and then another therapy scene that's hilarious is um season one finale when she's like i have patients who are suicidal and tony's like they're not gonna feel any better if you get clipped <laughs> i really like that line that kills me every time he's not wrong though yeah he's not <laughs> that's how he thinks he's spitting right? facts yeah and then last last one is ralphie there's a lot of funny ralphie moments that i'm probably forgetting but this is one that stands out is um when he falls down the stairs at janice's house because he, he literally breaks up with Ro. Yeah. And then he goes to Janice. It's like he finally broke up with Ro. And then Janice breaks up with him and pushes him down the stairs. It's just so funny. Just the fact that Ralphie's so Because Janice happy. loses interest right away. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those satisfying moments. Because Ralphie's, think... Ralphie's such a piece of shit to Ro. And then, like, he goes to Janice. And then he, yeah. breaks, he falls down the stairs. It's just perfect. Yeah, I think it was the fact, like, she was turned on by the fact that uh, he had a girlfriend. And yeah, yeah. as soon as he broke up with her, just she lost yeah. all her interest. Yeah. And probably and also, the fact that he was happy too, like Yeah, you said. and I think she just comes she has a therapy scene, I think, in that episode where she just comes to the uh, realization. She just realizes that Ralphie's a piece of shit, pretty much. So mm-hmm. she decides to break up with him on yep. the same day that he goes I was missing that her. detail. Yeah, no, it's just funny as fuck. That scene's great. Um do you have any favorite lines you want to mention? Or no? Um uh, 
can't do this to me off yeah. the top of my head, man. Yeah, sorry, man. I'm There's just so many. This this yeah. is the most quotable show ever. Yeah, I think it's going to take too long to do quotes, so like it doesn't matter. But I just want to yeah, mention go ahead one. And, yeah, go ahead and list yeah. a few if you have so any. So I already mentioned the hold on to your cocks when you negotiate with these desert people. That's what, that's season <laughs> yep. one, Junior and Hesh season one. Um, this mm-hmm. is one that's like classic, like iconic. Cunnilingus uh, and psychiatry brought us to this in season one. I don't know if you remember that. Because like remember um, Junior, Junior going down on his mistress? That's, that's yep. brought up. So like mm-hmm. part of the war in season one is because of Junior, that rumor getting spread. And yep. Tony makes fun of him on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And then also <laughs> the tension of Tony seeing a psychiatrist. So there's a yep. line when he sits with Carmela and he's like, kind of lingus and psychiatry brought us in. <laughs> that's just like a classic line. Um, and then I also, this one's not a funny line, but I really like the line when um, Chris is like, that's the guy, Adriana, my uncle Tony, the guy I'm going to hell for. That's, that's a really good icon- one. That's an iconic moment. Is that? I think that's long-term parking, but I'm not. Yeah, that's long-term parking. It is. Oh no, it's the one before that, actually. Maybe. Um, yeah, it might might be earlier. Ten or eleven. Yeah, that's a great fucking line. Though. Um. Okay, that, this is gonna go too long. So yeah. Also, the War Soldiers monologue, but I already mentioned that. Okay. Right. Anyways, uh, so yeah, let's go on to the series finale. <laughs> so this should be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. you've mentioned many times how much you like the series finale. So yeah. Yeah. Let's so just, get into, just get into and, it. Like, what's your interpretation of the finale and why? Um. Yeah, I think. There's, I've had many interpretations, but I think Tony got whacked. I think that's. Um, you're pretty certain of that, eh? Like you're. you're yeah, not I'm like, certain he got whacked. Like, like that's you take out of the end of the Sopranos, you think of Sopr- like Tony died in the last scene. That's not to mention that David Chase accidentally referred to it as a death scene a month or yeah, two ago, and then when fair. someone called it out on, he's like, he's like, shit, fuck you guys. I actually remember reading that, so that's a good point. So yeah, it's pretty much confirmed that David Chase intended it to be a death scene, but he also at the same time death regular death scenes are death scenes are lame i want to leave this open to interpretation this is the boldest way to go out that's fair yeah so in general you love the ending eh? like i really do like the ending i remember it's probably that final scene is probably it's probably the most anxiety inducing uh scene in the series for me um because a combination of a bunch of different things going on there's the guy and the members only jacket that keeps glancing over at tony yeah that you knew something's up there and then he starts walking to the bathroom i'm like oh they're about to go all godfather right here yeah yeah. godfather (laughs) and then at the same time meadow keeps messing up parking parallel parking and that just adds extra attention to the scene and there's so much buildup and then cut to black yeah, I get what you mean. It's like, I don't know. I'm like, it's similar to um, when we talked about the fly episode in Breaking Bad. I said how like, sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. So for me, mm-hmm. the series finale, I'd say it's not quite as much like it's, it's more I do like it more than I hate it. But there are times mm-hmm. when it pisses me off. Like, I don't know why. It's just like, it does feel like David Chase is saying, fuck you. Like, he really is just saying, fuck you to yeah. the audience. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Right. He's just like, fuck you. I don't want you to know what happens. I want you to have to do it yourself. He's like pretty much saying, do it yourself. Like, I don't want to give you satisfaction. So like that part of it is kind of annoying slightly. Like it's obviously a good ending and it it works, but like at the same time, just for the fact that he had that mindset when writing it. Exactly. It's kind (laughs) of like, it's just, it's like, Hey, fuck you, man. Yeah. It's just like, you guys have to think of it on your own. And I, I, I guess I disagree with you slightly. Like I I understand people who think Tony died a hundred percent, but I actually like the ambiguity of it. I think uh, there's a right, I, I didn't mean to diminish the ambiguity. No, of no, it. I was... but you're right in terms of your interpretation is that he dies. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just saying, sometimes I like that interpretation that he dies. But I also think there's a good chance that you can interpret it as life goes on, like that kind of thing. Because right. because there's a really good line that Carmela has. I didn't mention this because I didn't. I don't have six B that high. I didn't talk very much about six B. But there's a really good part in six B where Carmela talks about 
how their life, there's like a piano hanging over their head and they're just waiting for the piano to fall on them. So like, I think mm. if you think about that line, that's a good way to interpret the series finale is Tony's nervous as fuck that entire dinner, right? He's nervous as fuck. Mm. He's always looking at the door and that's his life forever. Is yep. he's, always, he's always worried about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. So it just, life goes on and that sums up their life. That, that last scene sums up his life is, oh shit, oh shit. He, he's just out with his family and he's always worried. So like, yep. I think you can interpret it as life goes on and they don't die. Like he doesn't die. It's just, that's an interpretation of this is what their life will be like. But at the same time, I think you're, it still works where it's like they were setting up his death. So it, right. it's real. that's why it's so brilliant actually. Cause like, even though I hate David Chase for doing it, sometimes I'm like, wow, what a dick. He's kind of a genius. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this, yeah. is, this is pretty fucking smart. Like, <laughs> yeah, it takes like a genius to create an entire scene like that. Mm. And balls, man. The balls of that guy. Like, yeah, just cut dude. to black. Like, he knew how many people would be mad. He knew. Yeah. And like, he still did it. And like, I, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember reading. People thought cable got cut out. I remember reading yep. that people thought. I knew it would cut to black, and I still thought that my TV went out. Yeah. That's yeah. how abrupt it was. That's nuts. That's one thing I think. I'm going to say a big reason why that you love the final scene more than me, I think is just, I kind of knew, like, I, I think I even knew about the don't stop believing playing. Like that's the one thing I had spoiled was the ending of the Sopranos. So like, I think that's uh, part of why I don't love this episode as much as like watching it the first time. Wasn't that thrilling for me. Like it's still really good. And like I said, it's pretty genius how it ends. But at the same time, like just the fact that I knew the cut to black was coming, like I was waiting for it to come. So it wasn't that anxiety inducing. Like I wasn't yeah. worried about what was going to happen. Cause you knew we weren't going to be shown. Exactly. I knew it was going to cut to black soon. I was like, when's it going to cut? When's it going to cut? I was waiting for that. I knew it was in a diner too. Like I really knew the last scene pretty well. I think, yeah. So not, I mentioned the family guy thing was part of the spoiler. Um, so I knew it was going to cut to black. I think mm-hmm. there wasn't on Lost's bonus features lost. Cause I was so into lost as a kid. Uh, I had the season six DVDs. And I think they did like alternate endings to Lost. And one of them was a spoof of The Sopranos where it had Lost mm-hmm. characters in a diner and then it cut to black. So I think that like, I did know quite a bit about the last scene. So I think that's why it didn't impact me as much. Like, whereas like you talked about how you had college spoiled, right? A little bit. You kind of knew it was going to yeah. be a big episode. So like- well, Not details. It's just the fact that yeah. it's like that, that, that I just kind of like, I thought it was going to be like, um, I didn't expect it to be like a self-centered, I mean, a self-contained um character episode yeah, i, I thought like, it was gonna be like one of the yeah. big episodes yeah fair enough so you thought it was gonna be like shit would go down in episode five but you were wrong so yeah i see what you mean so yeah for me i knew more of the details it wasn't just like i heard it was a good ending i literally knew i'd say like 60 percent of the final scene i knew the part that makes it great is i didn't know about oh there's all these interpretations you can take out of it like i had no mm-hmm. clue you could think tony died like that yep. is cool to me that like tony might have died because it gives you his perspective but um, right. yeah it's a good and the thing scene. is my brother brought up this point recently, actually. Um, so if Tony did die, the thing that sucks is it cut to black. We don't get to see everyone's reaction. We don't know how everyone would handle it, how everyone would. But the thing that's great is um, they start out the season with Tony in the hospital and on, like, the brink of death. That's a really so, good point. So we would – I think they kind of established it early on how things – how life would go on without Tony if he yeah. were to die, go yeah. to the hospital, something like that. They give you the aftermath of his death, sort of. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Like all the all other all the people closest to him in like grieve, grieving the shit out of him, even though mm-hmm. he didn't actually die. I see what you mean. That's a good yep. point. They showed how like um all the guys would comfort Tony's family, things like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's enough discussion of the series finale. So yeah, you, your big interpretation is that he died. Mine is yeah. like I'm kind of I'm kind of cheating to be honest. I'm saying like fifty percent. I I understand people. I guess you know what? I'll I'll, I'll be a little more bold. 
my interpretation is what I said before. It's the ambiguity of it. It's life goes on. Yep. This is their life. That, that's mm -hmm. my interpretation. <laughs> I really like go. that interpretation too. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I really, like really like that interpretation. I like both though. I like Tony dying too. It's tough, but that's what I'm going to go with. Um, okay. Because um, both are dark, both are cynical either way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we can end off. We're, we've been talking for so fucking long. This is a great show. Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're going to end with The Many Saints of Newark. So you know how there's a movie coming out. There's mm -hmm. a prequel. Do you know anything about it? Like, or do you want me uh, to go into it? I know John Bernthal plays um, Tony's dad. I like uh, that casting. I like that casting. I think the casting is incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Vera, what's her name? Plays Vera Livia. Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Yeah. And I thought actress. she, she, yeah. I think she kind of like, she doesn't look identical, but she looks like she could play a young yeah, Livia. She could. I think that's great casting. Fuck yeah. I'm pumped for it. <laughs> and just, she, she's obviously had a, a, a thing for playing shitty TV moms. So yeah, with Bates true. Motel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Vera Farmiga's great. Um, I also wanted to mention that um, for me, what makes me excited about this movie, because a lot of people get skeptical when they try to bring shit back, is the fact mm -hmm. that David Chase wrote it. Like, David Chase is behind it. So I'm a little, com I'm more comfortable about it, and I'm just excited. Even though you could look at El Camino, we didn't even talk about El Camino on Breaking Bad, eh? We forgot yeah. to talk about El Camino. Yeah. But, like, the fact that Vince Gilligan wrote and directed it made me less worried. So, like, it's the same thing here, where it's, like, David Chase is behind it. I'm not that worried about it. I think it'll be it, – it's not going to equal – similarly to El Camino, I don't think anyone would argue El Camino was as good as the show. But it was yeah. still it was still enjoyable. So I think yep. it'll be similar. Like, I don't think Saints of Newark will be as good as the show, but I think it'll be very satisfying and enjoyable. Oh, I should mention this. One of my favorite parts – uh, James Gandolfini's son is playing young Tony. And he looks just like And he young looks just James. like him. And he's an actor. He was in The Deuce, apparently. The HBO show The Deuce. Oh, I didn't know he was in The yeah, Deuce. I haven't seen The Deuce. I didn't watch I, it, but... Yeah, same. I haven't watched it either, but I heard he was in that. So he's an actual actor, and he's his actual son, and he looks like him. So him playing young Tony will be really cool. Do you know how in The Sopranos, um, there's a flashback to when Tony was young? It's him and Tony yeah. B walking on the farm. Yeah, there's a couple flashbacks of him young, yeah. Yeah, Gandolfini's son looks just like Tony in that flashback. So oh, it's perfect. In, that one, in the one with yeah. Tony B? Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's supposed to come out in March, I think, but all this COVID shit, we never know what's going to happen. Yeah, one of the difficult things, I'm getting a little off rails here, but the, one of the things that sucked about El Camino was like, the characters didn't look like how they looked yeah. in the show so it was like yeah. believability it was at least like they don't have that problem with this that's yeah because the casting is so damn yeah. good it's all like seeing junior younger will be awesome like junior and, yep. and johnny i guess johnny's tony's dad's name yeah it'll, it'll be great i'm so excited for it it'll yeah be awesome the actor they used in the sopranos to play young junior back during that flashback yeah, i thought good. that actor was yeah really yeah. good that was good casting he looked like a young junior yeah mm -hmm. hey let's talk about plot real quick what's the plot gonna be centered around i know it's oh, gonna be like, yeah, yeah good point um the plot, I think, this is all I know. It has something to do with, there's, there was some riots in Newark or something, like race riots or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real event that happened. And I think okay. that, that's part of why David Chase wanted to do this, was he wanted to explore historical stuff. Apparently, there was a race riot. And then he wants to tie it into The Sopranos and look at the history of, like, Tony's father and that stuff. So yeah. I have no idea how it's going to tie in. I'm, I'm just really excited. It'll be awesome. I hope it's like one of those like classic mob movies that just turns yeah. into one of those like one of the Goodfellas, The Irishman, something like that. Yeah, I hope it does. I think that's high expectations, but you never know, man. That David is Chase really is... high expectations. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, but but David Chase is fucking. David awesome. Chase knows his stuff. He's yeah. inspired I'm a lot by those movies. So yeah, I, I am genuinely like ple pleasantly surprised that he's actually revisiting The Sopranos because he seems like the kind of guy that would be like, "Fuck that! I'm never coming yep. back to it. I did my thing." But like, 
and he's old now. I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that he wrote a whole script for a new Sopranos thing is pretty impressive. Like, yeah, he's probably still pretty sharp, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. Um, that should be great. Uh, yeah, is that it? Are you good? Yeah, yeah, I think I got all my thoughts out. Yeah, that was a lot of talking. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> yep. Thanks for anyone that has sticked around all the way to the end. Yeah, if, Appreciate I swear, it. if anyone listened to this entire thing, send us a message. Seriously. Like, I yeah. think you can – there's a way to send voice messages on Anchor or something. So. Mm. I will. I I would consider sending you something. Seriously, like you're a or if you have a Twitter, tweet yeah. us on at yeah. uh, at TV sessions. Yeah, we're starting out, so we don't have a big presence yet. But if anyone actually listened to this, like you're, a, I love you. Like that's incredible. If you listen to this entire thing, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I think we can say we can start giving previews for our next one. We'll be doing Mr. Robot next, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Robot will be our next deep dive. Uh, yep. Should should be a lot of fun. Really good show. That's a that's yep. a pretty underwatched show, eh? Like a lot of people haven't seen Mr. Robot. So yeah, yeah. On IMDb, I think it only has like three hundred thousand ratings. Yeah, it's like that's which just, is not a lot for IMDb. Yeah, it's not a lot for like the big shows because it's in our top tens of all time, and like most of those shows are very well watched. Like I talked about how Better Call Saul is underrated, and more people need to watch it. I mm-hmm. guess if I had to guess, I'd say less people watch Mr. Robot because yeah. at least Better Call Saul has the Breaking Bad tie-in. Yep. But like Mr. Robot is probably less watched. It's only like hardcore TV nerds who have seen Mr. Robot. Like mm-hmm. even even though casual people would love it. It's a thrilling show. Because like, Mr. Robot's like the art house films of TV shows. Yeah. Okay, that's enough, Mr. Robot. We should save this yep. for the podcast. I just realized we're talking about it on yeah. Sopranos. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for anyone who listened to this. Once again, we love you if you listen to the whole thing, you're a beauty. And yep. yeah, that, that's it. See you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.